Yes, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Gooncast. I'm James, also known as Saberzero307. Hello, I'm Kat, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch. I'm a dialogue designer by day, writer, streamer, horror enthusiast by night. And it's your boy Lee Alder, the Valley Jester, uh, horror and fantasy writer. And uh, my goodness, we got a we got a couple of fun ones for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about Halloween Kills and the latest adaptation of i honestly don't think we could have picked more dissimilar movies to group together just because one of them is fantastic and i think we have nothing but good things to say and the other one well i mean the other one our our first our first episode was fucking snyder cut twin peaks and godzilla versus kong that's true i guess but yeah, that's true. We're weird. But, we're, but this, we're, we're really weird. This <laughs> week we're just going after the cheap hits for going after two movies that everyone's been talking about. So uh yeah, that's bring true. in those views, baby. That's yeah. true. I mean that's I, true. I I am a uh certified Halloween fan with a giant asterisk mark. Because <laughs> the um the franchise doesn't like me nearly as much as I like it. And uh mm-hmm. it's treated treated me rough. Over the years, and we kind of had this little bright spot with Halloween 2018. It wasn't a perfect movie, but it was, it was pretty fucking it solid, was solid for the most part. The, the relationship was turning around a little bit. You were rekindling some of that fire that you had before, yeah. and then... And then, and then evil just, died tonight, evil, James. Evil, <laughs> evil died tonight, kind of. Not really. Oh, a bunch of innocent people died. A but bunch evil, of innocent people. didn't really die. Maybe mob justice died tonight? Yeah, something like that. Um, so if you are living under a rock or you're unaware, uh, Halloween Kills is the latest choose-your-own-adventure entry into the Halloween franchise because this series has been rebooted and soft-rebooted and remade so many fucking times over the last 40 goddamn years. Uh, it's... I believe the tw- it's the twelfth entry in the franchise, but in regards to this current continuity, it is the third film, which goes Halloween, then Halloween twenty eighteen, and you know Halloween twenty eighteen is a I think I mentioned in the Candyman podcast. I hate the fact that it's just called Halloween. Yes. Uh, yes. And now Halloween Kills. It'll be followed up with Halloween Ends next year, and yeah, this this is just kind of a waffling middle chapter that was really, really, really stupid. It was... Yeah, and that's kind yeah. of the best way to, to summarize the, the pacing and tone of this movie is definite middle chapter. Um, mm-hmm. And not in the cool middle chapter way, like Lord of the Rings, the, the Two Towers. Yeah. In that way of like, we're not going to really commit to anything happening in this film. Yep. Except to drive us into a, into a third act. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's in that way where they had a, uh, two screenplays and then they decided, Hey, wouldn't it be neat if we had a third movie? And then they like shoehorned in a third movie. Yeah. Well, I didn't Which... even know this was a trilogy in the first place. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It Same. Was, uh, well, when it was first announced, Halloween 2018, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green were like, yeah, we, we initially pitched two movies to potentially shoot back to back. And that got greenlit. But then we decided 
uh, to basically just focus on Halloween 2018 because you know if if we if we make this movie and everybody hates it, then mm -hmm. we're basically kind of stuck for a year with this other movie that like oh nobody you know like nobody's nobody's gonna like it nobody's gonna watch it sort of thing so we'd rather focus all of our efforts into this and that was the game plan as like leading into Halloween 2018. And then after the mega success of Halloween 2018, uh, Bloomhouse and David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were like, LOL, JK, there's two more movies coming out. And, waka waka. Yeah. I mean, there, at least for me, there was kind of initial excitement just because it was the same creative team. But Yeah, that's, that's the thing is I felt, I, I feel extra disappointed because... You know, and, and people will say, like, oh, it's it's a Halloween movie. What did you expect? There's so many bad ones. And it's like, yes, there were so many bad ones. But Halloween 2018 was kind of a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Like, when I saw it, I was like, whoa. Like, and, you know, full disclosure, I'm not the fan that James is. Um, I've only seen, uh, I think you showed me the third, the second and third one. I showed you the third um, one. And I, I know I've seen the like i've seen h2o or like the wh whichever ones introduced the or like there's like a hospital chase thing i don't remember which one it was that's halloween 2 okay yeah. oh oh okay h2o was um, the uh halloween 20 years later where it was basically halloween 2018 yeah, there, but at a where there's a flat there's a flashback of the like family no there's no flashbacks in h2o oh not even in the beginning no, no, no. Not even a little one? No. Weird. Okay, H well, then I guess, I guess I've literally only seen the first three movies. Oh, I know um, what you're thinking of. You're thinking of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, where there's a, a dream sequence yes. at the start of the film, which is a hospital yes. sequence. Yes, yes, that's the one I've seen. Two years later. Oh, yes. oh okay. Rob Zombie. Okay, yeah, no, yes, so I've seen the Rob Zombie remakes, I think. Okay. But it would have been so long ago, and, like, honestly, I have just blotted them out of my memory, because... They're terrible. Yeah, um, yeah. They 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 have their fans, and I I give credit where credits due to some elements of at least his first remake. Mm. Even though I don't like the white trash shit, and just I'm not a big fan of Rob Zombie's white trash aesthetic. I it's mm. it's 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 a thing. People people love it or hate it. It's not for me. And then Halloween, mm -hmm. Hall his Halloween two was just for me like, yeah i'm someone i'm someone who likes his whole murder billy aesthetic um mm -hmm. it just needs to stay where it's meant to like mm. i adore house of a thousand corpses um i think devil's rejects is fucking killer and i've got some mixed bag feelings on on three from hell like as long as that trilogy just kind of stays doing its thing whatever but mm -hmm. like letting it bleed into your loving homage to a, a classic series is a. Uh, yeah, it's just not meant to be. Yeah. Although I did have one of my favorite theater experiences of my life seeing uh, Rob Zombie's first Halloween film. Uh, oh. Short version is uh, 10 minutes from the end of the movie. A couple of uh, teenagers sneak in and start yelling shit at the screen. And uh, like really inappropriate shit. Like like yelling from Michael to, to rape Lori and all this shit. Cool. Um, and uh, as soon as the credits hit, one kid goes, man, fuck that movie. That sucks. And I yelled something snarky like, uh, hit puberty. And <laughs> other kid turned around. Who said that? 
And my dad, all six foot three, leather jacket clad Native American that he is, stands up and points at this 13 year old and goes, You wanna go, motherfucker? You wanna fucking go? And they <laughs> run away. And then my dad sits down and respectfully watches the credits in silence. And then as Fuck soon as yeah. the as soon as the lights in the theater come up, he just goes, Let's find him. <laughs> And uh, we did not see the children on the way out, but he, oh. he basically became the shape walking through the, through the theater. Oh, my God. But anyway. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but, you know, in case it's not clear, I really liked Halloween 2018. Um, I thought it was a really fascinating film, a loving homage I'm one of the people who actually liked the characterization of the very bit parts that died very quickly. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought that they conveyed in very few words, characters that were unique and not just your standard slasher movie, like trope characters where it's like, Oh, I'm the dumb cheerleader. Ha ha. Let's go have sex. Or like, Oh, I'm the like you know stoner kid, <laughs> you know like like I'm that the kind jock. of thing. I'm gonna yeah. get my dick wet. Yeah, it was like where where you can actually say like, hey, that the kid who wanted to do ballet instead of going hunting, or the cops who talked about sandwiches. Like you can actually, you know, or, say that, and I know what you're talking about. The, I know those the, characters. The babysitter who was who was giving the the child s- shit about his search history. You know, like yes, the, yes. There's very few victims in that movie where they were like. Just generic, generic nonsense. Cookie cutter. Yeah, there there was enough there for you to actually care when they got killed. Like, yes, the podcasters were dicks, but I still cared when they got killed because, like, they don't deserve that. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's yeah, it's that it's that sort of thing. Like, so I, yeah, I thought I thought the writing was clever there. I thought the writing was clever for the whole movie. I really liked. The, the sort of like central conflict where it was it was Lori as this like doomsday prepper, like, you know, essentially convinced that this, you know, maniac was gonna come back and get her. Um and you know, like like her her family being sort of like affected generationally by that trauma. Mm-hmm. Um and then like despite the fact that this movie happens within hours of Halloween 2018, they felt so very different. It was such a huge step down in terms of characterization, in terms of quality, in terms of like, yeah, where the characters ended up, how, you know, like what the central conflict was. Um, And, and they also started to rely again on these terrible horror movie tropes, such as, I have a weapon and I'm going to put it down as the killer is coming to get me. Well, well that's gonna... a move that was popularized by Lori in the first Halloween. <laughs> she had that knife and girl got rid of it. Twice. I'm just I mean, saying. I mean, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but, other but, than that, yes, absolutely. but that was also like the 70s, right? Yeah. And, and this and is, fair, this and is and the 70s were a crazy time. <laughs> to be fair, it was also like the, the I'm not going to say the first slasher because it's not, but like it was one of the first slashers. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, there was no real supernatural threat or whatever. Like when when a killer yes. got got, they got got. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, mm-hmm. she did stab Michael in the neck with a sewing needle. 
which would probably kill or incapacitate most people. And then later she stabbed him in the eye with a coat hanger and stabbed him in the chest with a knife, which also hypothetically should incapacitate most people. But (laughs) Michael being Michael is, yeah. It's not most people. But by this point, it's like the motherfucker Uh, got shot six goddamn times and kept walking. He yeah. got put through a severe amount of punishment in this film. And well, yeah, and and I think to geez. that, yeah, and to to that to that end, what James is saying, where it wasn't the first slasher movie, but it was one of the first, so it was kind of like what started establishing those kind of tropes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a trope at that point, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was a character making a mistake. Versus now, we've had. 40 years in between them of a ton of movies where characters do stupid shit just because the plot needs to happen to them. And that's all I was seeing on screen. And I was like, how is this the same writing team that I was admiring for being clever? It it felt to me like a typical, really dumb Friday the 13th movie, but not Mm -hmm. nearly as fun. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I know... Uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit and I know like Red Letter Media covered uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of our opinions on their um, podcast, but I wanted to bring up one that I disagreed with, which was that the extremely gratuitous deaths in this movie were still fun. I did not find them fun. Agreed. they, they, They weren't, they weren't really the entertaining kind of. Particularly what happens to the, the couple, couple that was yeah. playing with the drone, yeah. Where yeah. did that come from? Like, absolutely out of nowhere. Like, I, I know Michael likes to fuck with his victims, and Michael can have a little bit of brutality, and he gets kind of some sick pleasure out of that shit. That's even from, like, the first movie, where, like, he st- he he puts on, like, a sheet to pretend yeah. he's, mm-hmm. like, in a ghost costume to get closer mm-hmm. to a victim. Like, there is some deliberate, like fucked up shit to him or like the way he was fucking with people in in halloween 2018 but this Mm -hmm. was less delightfully cruel and more just really mean-spirited cruelness it was yes yes it was incredibly mean-spirited and it was it kind of left me thinking for what you know because In the previous, in, in Halloween 2018, you know, these people died horrible. I mean, these people still died horribly, yeah. right? But, like, either we weren't, you know, we weren't shown the full extent, we only saw the aftermath, or, you know, what we were shown was, was you know, quick, or or still kind of like, oh, the you know, like, not necessarily deserved, but, like, it, it, it felt rewarding to watch as an mm-hmm. audience. Yeah. Watching an elderly couple like watch each other get split open and like dragged in their own blood and then used as a fucking like knife holder in the kitchen. Like I I was just like, why, why is this like, why am I still watching this? Yeah. My, my only theory is that since it's the middle film of a trilogy now, they need to use this movie as a way to set the stakes for the big finale. Um, I think Michael Myers has entered that legendary realm of film characters where no matter what things he's going to do, there's going to be a large percentage of the audience that's on his side just because he's fucking cool. Mm. Um, And I think they want to try and really drive home that, hey, he's the villain of this story. We shouldn't be wanting him to win. 
So let's sure. use this movie to set up all this heinous shit. Let's really crank up the kill count. Because, like, what, in the in Halloween Lives, it was like three or four kills, maybe, or I think. It was more about the atmosphere, from what I remember. And in this one, we're up to a kill count. Like, fuck, eight well, firefighters and- just right out the gate. Yeah, the, uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I read online, it's like the overall kill count in this movie is like close to 30. Yeah. See, yeah. And- so, yeah, they, I mean, I think because they also bring it up in 2018 Halloween where they, they like somebody makes fun of the fact that like in the first Halloween, he kills like three people. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just like. Why are we panic? Like, why is this old lady panicking about, you know, three people who died 30 years ago or whatever? Um, but yeah, like I can totally see that. I just, uh, so they're, they're like, they're trying to make up for lost time, right? Cause like the they're- sequels are where his kill count really goes through the roof, right? They're, yeah. they're making conscious effort through the brutality of the kills and the uh and the likability of the victims to manufacture a new way for the audience to dislike michael yeah but like Uh, the thing is i didn't even find that elderly couple that likable no just it was just unnecessary yeah yeah, because they they didn't have anything you like you know like oh she was flying a drone around who like that's not that's not the level of clever characterization that I got in Halloween 2018. You you had the um the 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 the, the woman of the couple. She was briefly in the first Halloween 2018 as as the cemetery caretaker. And like Oh, was she? Yeah, and and that was like all of her like she was only there for like one scene and like because of the fact that like it we're going into here it's like and she wasn't a major character. You're not necessarily going to like recognize her or have that much like time to get to know her and it's like that's kind of like a reoccurring problem with this movie is that most of the victims in this movie have one scene before they die and sometimes they die even in their introductory scene and while a lot of slasher movies do that i think a lot of other slasher movies even the halloween franchise does a bit better job to like characterize them like the 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 little kid who wants to do ballet dancing in halloween 2018 right Mm -hmm. he dies basically in his introductory scene yes but we get to know him a little bit more we get to Mm -hmm. we we don't necessarily know his dad that much but by extension we kind of care because we kind of care about this kid we yeah we we do a little because we know his like at the very least we know his dad is like somewhat like not he's not because gosh, I'm trying to remember that exact scene, but I think he wasn't he wasn't not supporting his his like dance career because of like you know any sort of bigotry. He j- he was just like I want to have I want to spend time with you. This is how we spend time together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like we kind of get we we get a really within a very very short scene we get a really good understanding of their relationship and who they are as characters. And yeah, you kind of care because it's like the dad cares about his son. Mm-hmm. And 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 it more importantly too, like the scenes were were tense and mm-hmm. really, really, really well shot and really creative. Even even the like that's that's one of the things too that was missing about this was like creative filmmaking because like there's that super long tracking yes. shot in Halloween twenty eighteen and we see Michael just kill two random people who we know nothing about. They're just mm-hmm. there to show mm-hmm. the threat that is Michael. 
Mm-hmm. And and him acting in his element and him basically being this predatory shark from Jaws type figure. But because it is shot so creatively and stylistically, we give more of a shit because mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's an interesting to look at. Like it's this this film doesn't have like the problem that some of the worst Halloween films have, which is bad edit, editing and bad lighting and, and mm-hmm. other shit like there's still like good lighting and good cinematography. But like the the more creative filmmaking elements seem to be really, really missing. From, from yeah and a lack of tension i yeah. i i always attributed uh a, a great sense of of atmosphere and timing and showing restraint when it came to uh to the first halloween and to the to the first film of the remix um and this one it just it just kind of seemed to throw a lot of the uh a lot of like the trademarks of the of the franchise out the window yeah um in favor of just you know creating you know yeah creating this idea that he's just an unstoppable juggernaut which yeah he's always kind of been but you know you can still maintain that illusion uh you know without having him just trudge through like eight armed men you know like the tracking shot is the best example that that is such a beautiful piece of filmmaking yeah uh, yeah. It's what, like three and a half minutes or something, or four oh, minutes, something like that. and just absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, there was there was no, I, I don't want to say no tact, but so much less care put into the tact and in, in the kills. Yeah, and, and even yeah, like the, there there was a moment where I thought that the um, the stuff that was shot in the seventies, like you know, the oh fake, yeah, let's... I, I was like I was like oh shit, they actually are making it look like. The old school camera work. Yeah. And, and they did a I, fine job of it. I was impressed, but then I started noticing it during the like present day stuff too. And I was just kind of like, oh, I think <laughs> there was like just a separate camera unit that just that's what all their stuff looked like. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's which it's, uh not good. Yeah, it's like I, I, I think I liked it the film more than you two i wouldn't say that i like the movie it's it's mm-hmm. like i'm more like indifferent to it because it's like i'm it's not the worst fucking halloween movie i've seen it's it's like super middle of the road for me like because i mean it, it's not halloween six that, that has its defenders <laughs> okay fair fair it's not halloween it 6. needed ll cool j that's halloween h2o and that's i know and I, it's that's the middle of the road this movie needed, needed LL Cool J. What you're thinking oh maybe God. is it needed Buster Rhymes doing Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. Treat, you treat motherfucker. Motherfucker. With the stupidest characters and, like, the, 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 the leading lady in that movie has, like, the fakest goddamn scream. Mm. And it's, 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 it's trying to be, like, that, that one is, like, the, the, the one that's trying to capitalize on what's popular, so it's the the Halloween movie where where it's it's a it's based around a reality TV show that's being live streamed to the internet in like early oh, two thousand two. Oh boy! Dangertainment cat. Dangertainment. Oh. Wait, wasn't that the premise of one of the Saw sequels too? Possibly. I don't. I don't remember. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen the Saw movies. They're Gosh. all just trying to be great like... encounters. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right they are. Um, <laughs> and it, and at least at least in this one there wasn't fucking 
Michael's Wait, mom have you both seen White House horse? Have you both seen Grave Encounters at this point? I yes. have, yeah. <gasps> but can we just can we also talk about Grave Encounters then during this podcast? Oh, I I I I, I don't know because I, I might want to save uh, save Grave Encounters for uh, for for, uh, for, for a ghost episode. That oh, might be okay. Uh, yeah, all right, I all right. Did, fair I did enough. want to pair that with Demon House. Demon House. Oh, yeah. yes, perfect. Oh my gosh! We should wait. Have you seen the second one, Grave Encounters Two? No, no, I have not. Seen okay, Grave well then we'll too. we'll have to watch we'll have to watch Party that one then. Okay, okay. Um, good. so I wanted I wanted to harp on two more things with you guys. Are they named Big John and Little John? <laughs> no, okay. no. But we should get into that. The, <laughs> the the two things I wanted to talk about were um the the dialogue. And you mean copy the, pasting evil dies tonight and forty years ago? <laughs> yes. Um and the mob justice theme. Oh dear. All right. Well that's so, the can of worms. Yeah, I, I don't know what you what you guys want to dive into first. I, I, I wanna start with the mob justice thing, just because on okay. a more personal level. And, and in the last couple of weeks I've seen some interviews and, and, and footage and whatnot about like some of the cast and crew talking about how it's it's basically kind of playing into like what happened uh on january 6th and i'm sitting here going this entire movie was in the fucking can last year it was going to release in october of last year don't lie or don't try to force in like this aftermath stuff and try to say oh yeah the movie's is, is about that when it's like yeah it's, it's not and it wasn't that but uh, i have i have seen um cast members referencing that it was inspired by black lives matter i've seen that too I, yeah i saw that as well um like, i Ugh. in general i think like i don't think they were inspired by any one particular event <laughs> or, or mob justice type event although <laughs> i do i did have a theory or i did have a like suggestion um in when we were watching it which like i don't actually think they took inspiration from but it 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 is somewhat relevant uh i honestly don't think they referenced anything because the message is so muddled yeah Mm -hmm. in what they're doing because essentially the the mob kind of like tries to come together to get michael gets a different unrelated victim out of it Right. Well, well, I guess he's kind of related, but like, you know, not to Michael and he's, he's basically innocent. Um, and then ends up like getting their asses kicked by the shape, the, the, the horrible thing that they thought they could all take down, but they can't because mob justice doesn't fucking work. Um, but it's just like, so what was the point of all that? Like, like if you, if you have a real world corollary, you're saying that, like, what are you saying about Black Lives Matter? That that's the parallel you're trying to draw. What are you mm-hmm. saying about the January 6th stuff if that's the parallel you're trying to draw? You know, like, any way you slice it, any way you try to, like, analyze it from a, like, critical political, like, standpoint, it's just, like, this metaphor completely falls flat because you're like, okay, so is it is it is it good or bad? Like, what side are you, like, what side are you being on? Is it like the common people trying to like get over a trauma and like, like, you know, I'm sure we've all seen the Jamie Lee Curtis footage at this point, right. Where she's saying like, it was, you know, it's this like community trauma 
that's similar to like what generated Black Lives Matter. But it's like, but then what you're saying is that that community trauma, like, will just get more people killed. Like, we'll just like end with them killing innocent people, like end up with them being the monsters as you know, the dialogue. Oh, so elegantly puts it right. Like, I I really think it would have been better if they, if they didn't say anything, because at least honestly, yes. Because like, is me as, as the Halloween connoisseur that I am, um, one, one minor nitpick that like Halloween 2018 does is, is it, it borrows little bits and pieces throughout the franchise and kind of takes it and does its own thing. Like the biggest thing is that Halloween 2018 almost feels like a remake of Halloween H2O, right? Mm-hmm. Where, because it's the, it's the same basic idea where it's, it's ignoring previous sequels and it's X amount of years later. And Laurie mm-hmm. Strode has PTSD and is afraid that Michael is going to come and get her. And Michael, mm-hmm. Michael shows up and it's this big showdown the first time in X amount of years. Right. And Halloween kills, as I mentioned it in, 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 in chat before it, it does it even more so like mob justice and like having like the community gather because of this community trauma and, and wanting to take down Michael Myers is already covered in Halloween four. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and even the idea of mob justice getting an innocent person killed already happened in Halloween four. Where you, mm. you get a bunch of fucking drunk red, rednecks like, oh, that's Michael! And they just start firing their shotguns into the fucking... Well, mount his head and on then my it's wall. Like, oh, god damn it, it's Ted Hollister. We didn't kill Michael mm-hmm. Myers at all. Oh, shit. And it's like, it, it's it's already been done. So, like, as, as a yeah. casual viewer who is not... Who, who maybe hasn't seen any of that shit, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna think... Okay, you know it's just a it's just a throwback or reuse of a plot element from from Halloween Four, right? Yeah, and that's honestly that's probably the explanation. That's probably the whole explanation is that they were like, "Hey, what worked in the previous movies? Let's do this again. This will be cool. We had a hospital set piece. Let's do that again. That'll mm-hmm. be cool." And then they're trying to make they're trying to make it like headier by bringing in real world themes, and it's just like all you're doing is further muddying your messaging because it's very clear you didn't actually either one, think of the ramifications of that theme Mm -hmm. or two, like you didn't actually understand the, the real world, uh, you know, sort of interpretation of that theme. Like it's just like, they were, they were going for an incredibly deep message and we got a, a ham fisted allusion to like a Twitter witch hunt. Yes. And that's, yeah. Uh, so that was actually, I think, one of the things I suggested because uh, so somewhat related was when Reddit was tracking, was trying to like play armchair detective after the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh, God. And uh, they ended up uh, they ended up thinking it was this one person who had gone missing roughly around the time that it would have like made sense for them to be planning a bombing. And it turned out that, like, that person, like, wasn't the bomber and all of the sort of negative attention they got. uh, Apparently, they were also already on the verge of taking their own life and that kind of pushed it over the edge. So, like, I don't, I also don't think they were referencing that because it's so old. It's such an old story and, like nobody has brought it up in interviews or anything. Like you would think that would be like the first thing, like, no, 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 we, 
you know, we've been planning this forever. And like the stuff we were looking at was more like this or like these kind of like Twitter mobs or like this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, perhaps I'm giving them more credit than is due, but yeah, like that, it was an example of like a real world, like, yeah, you kind of got to be careful who you, you know, like, don't, don't just throw out accusations or, you know, try to like, witch hunts are bad. That's why this the whole term witch hunt (laughs) implies something terrible. (laughs) It implies the devil. It implies the devil. <laughs> that's that's never going to get fucking old. Uh, but then, but then that's kind of yeah, that's kind of the perfect segue then because a lot of what makes the theme so bad is how it's delivered, which is very often through incredibly ham-fisted, like repetitive dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every and you know this goes back to what James originally said and what Lee was already originally saying about this really feeling like a middle movie, because yeah, like none of the characters seem to go anywhere. They just seem to be repeating the same thoughts over and over again. Yeah, like I, evil I, dies tonight. Forty I, years ago, he terrorized us. I don't even mind the idea of say a Halloween movie where Laurie kind of takes more of a backseat and it's mm-hmm. more about like the community. Like, and, and like, even the idea of trying to, to hunt down Michael Myers to stop him, I'm not inherently Mm -hmm. against. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that sounds like an interesting idea. Like you've had previous Halloween movies that do that, but the way this does it is just so ham fisted and, and everybody is given very shallow character development and and incredibly like, yeah, if you had, if we had pivoted and we had said, okay, Lori and her family, are reco- her surviving family, are recovering in the hospital. We're going to have occasional check-ins with them to see how they're recovering. But mostly this night is going to be about the rest of the town. It's going to be a completely different cast as your main cast. And we're going to follow them as they do various things to either hunt or be hunted by Michael Myers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been a cool movie. It, but it, it yeah, really instead... And the thing is, like... This movie also uh, committed one of the very common sins that middle movies do, where it just, like, expects us to remember the characterization of the main characters from the previous movie and expects that to be enough to carry them through the entire thing without any additional characterization mm-hmm. on the part of the story. Not, like, not like, even just that, cat. too. They mm. expect us to remember what Sheriff Brackett was like 40 years ago so it's an important moment when they bring him back as a security guard at this hospital for the two, three scenes that he's in and his entire thing in this movie is just a couple of lines about he killed my daughter. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he has a reason. We're to- the monsters. Yeah, he has a reason to be pissed off at Michael. His daughter's fucking mur- dead, right? It was incredibly yeah. member berries. That and Nurse Marion being yeah. like in the bar with the kids who survived oh, the night before. Christ. Why is she hanging out with You remember? Like she, like, she was literally in her 20s or 30s when yeah. these, these kids met Michael. And 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 not not, not only that, and, too, but, like, the entire last act of the movie mm-hmm. hinges on idiot plot. Yes. Where you have Lonnie and, and his son and yep. Allison outside the Myers house. It looks spooky. The mm-hmm. residents, Big John and Little John probably dead yep. they are and they mm. go i'm gonna go in there by myself yep we're not gonna call for backup 
We're not, they, they, they aren't even giving like us a, a solid enough justification as to maybe why they wouldn't wait for backup. Maybe they hear a scream nope. inside, right? And go yeah. like, oh, let, let's, let's get in there and try to save yeah, like if, is. It, yeah, if you had heard him, you know, killing one of the Johns, like that would have been... Um, like, Michael like opens the window and pokes his head out and goes, "Come get me, bitch!" Like, <laughs> yeah, Michael wounds them and they're like, "Well, this can't stand." <laughs> yeah, I will not allow stand. this. <laughs> the, 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 evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> well, and, and and on top of idiot plot, there again, I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on it. Fucking, I brought a giant shotgun in. But I'm going oh. to leave it in favor of this tiny knife yep. I find buried buried inside one of his victims. Well, to, yep. to be fair, why? To be fair, why? No, hold not on, to on. be fair. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying to be fair because she did bring the shotgun. I've, yeah, I've, I rewatched no, like to the Michael encounter. Like she picks up the knife off the victim, right, and then she hears mm-hmm. her boyfriend getting like kerfuffled by Michael, and she mm-hmm. immediately picks up the shotgun, runs out to get him. And then he smacks it and it fires and it gets knocked out of her hand. So she goes for the knife. I do think it's oh. stupid that she dropped the shotgun to begin with. Yeah. It, to, in, it, to rip out this knife, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's, that's silly. Yes. Not to mention, yeah. you have a shotgun. Why are you getting like right up in yeah. his grill with it? With yeah. a knocking distance. There's, pl- there's mm-hmm. plenty, of, but at the very it, least... It's she, probably she going with that. the movie logic of shotguns don't work unless they're like literally like, like in the person's face, which yeah. is so stupid. Yeah. and Shotguns... And, work from very far away guys (laughs) if doom taught me one thing it's that shotguns were born and bred for the sole purpose of fighting evil (laughs) exactly Exactly. and evil dies tonight and evil evil dies dies tonight tonight. the the other the the other thing too and and this is more of a uh like leading into halloween ends or whatever um the screenplay concludes the the screenplay had 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 leaked before this movie came out and i read Mm. it right like months ago because i was like the screenplay's out sure why not let's i'm i'm morbidly curious to see if this is legitimate and to see what gets changed because just because the screenplay leaks doesn't even necessarily mean it's the shooting draft right yeah and even and then i've also read read stuff from david gordon green about adjustments to the movie in after watching the movie and one of the one of the big things is the fact that the the initial idea for this trilogy was all three films take place across the span of the same night, right? Mm-hmm. But now Halloween ends is going to be taking place time skip wise, apparently four years later. Oh fuck! And off. it's even going to somehow incorporate COVID, like what happened with COVID into it, everything. No, and I'm just no. like, and I'm just like, no. If you're doing that, then why not revamp your current ending so it doesn't end on a cliffhanger that feels as though the next movie picks up immediately after? Yeah, and, and like one of the other literally too, fucking time you know, skip of what, Michael sitting at home with a little mask over his Shatner mask, like, and one yes, of the, one of the things. Oh my too, god, yes, he's taking up knitting and collecting yeah, Pokemon he's, cards. He's Fuck literally yeah. just knitting at the window that he wanted to stare out of. This <laughs> yes. one, That's one what of, he does for four years. One of the things too that like you know David Gordon Green has said this in an interview about the the, the ending that got changed, and I'm kind of salty that it got cut is after i mean we've already spoiled it and everything like that after michael murks yeah. Lori's fucking daughter um yeah. 
there's supposed to be a scene where where Lori picks up a, the cell phone and calls her daughter's cell phone to be like, you know, where, where the fuck are you sort of thing. And Michael picks it up and breathes into the phone. And, J- and Lori basically knows my daughter is dead. Yeah. And to me, that that's that's a pretty powerful moment, as bad as this film is, that Lori knows mm-hmm. her daughter's dead. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah. the final shot of the movie was going to be Lori walking out of the hospital, holding that bloody knife, and the camera kind of zooms in and freeze frames on the bloody knife, creating this motif that carries over from Halloween 2018, where the final shot was mm-hmm. Allison holding the knife. And now yeah. it's Lori holding the knife, and it's just this one knife that Lori is going to... Because the, the, the entire fucking film makes a big goddamn deal about this fucking knife. Mm-hmm. And then they cut it, because, oh, well, we don't want to... We don't want people to think that the next movie is going to take place immediately after this one because we're going to do a time skip. The entire movie structured as though the next movie is going yes. to take place immediately after this. Yeah, time. like even See, without I love that idea, like, even without that we, scene, it still feels like it should have an immediate follow up yeah, because like, the previous film had an immediate follow up, and this one literally hinges on oh, her daughter just died. Okay, so what? How's what's Michael going to do? Just leave? What? What is the town going to do? Yeah, what is the town going to do? Just still try to kill him so, like, 50 more people die tonight? But we don't get to see that. We're just going to skip ahead for, you know, four years. Yeah, it, it's... I, uh, the I only way I can allow it is if the third movie starts with, with a voiceover prologue of Lori on an airplane flying to, like, Costa Rica because <laughs> Michael's just globe-trotting to get oh. away from her. Oh my god. She's just been following him for four years. He keeps texting him. She keeps texting her daughter's phone, evil dies tonight. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, and he'll text back, like, italics breathing. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, and you know there what? you go. You know what? Even, even still, who's to fucking say her daughter's dead anyway? Because Officer Hawkins got fucking stabbed in the goddamn neck in Halloween 2018, and it's pretty fucking clear that yeah. he's dead. And That's this true. Movie, it's like, lol, nah, he's just... He's fine, man. He's That's fine. true. So maybe maybe they'll just be like, well, no, she's still alive. Well, no. And, and here's the thing that really frustrates me, uh, in addition, is that, um, you know, with the characters kind of not progressing at all from their starting points, you had a good starting, a decent starting point for that, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, thinking back on the 2018 film and, like, this current film, right, like, like they mention... Uh, the you know like, uh, my gosh, her daughter and and her granddaughter mentioned that you know their dad died. the the dad in their family died yeah. right he got killed by Michael so it's like now they have this trauma that's been realized but they kind of just like regressed Dr- Judy Greer back into being the like no mom you can't do that yeah. like you know like the 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 like naysayer even though like by the end of the first movie her arc was oh, no, I believe you now, let's fuck this guy up, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, wh- why not just grow from that? Like, grow from that, or if you regress from that, have it be because, you know, like, her husband died, and she hadn't processed the trauma of it yet, and yeah. now that they're in the hospital, she can sort of now grieve, and now it's like, no, mom, I don't want to do this anymore, I've lost enough, like, and, and we didn't get him, you know, like, that sort of thing. But they don't do that, they just... And if the since the movie went and then the cool, daughter the 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 young daughter the young or the granddaughter or whatever just like runs off on her own to try to fuck Michael up on her own because she wants to be part of the vigilante mob yeah 
But like, why? It's like, like, give me, give me a reason for her to do that. Give me a growth moment for her to do that, to take matters into her own hands or whatever. And since, and, and since we're on the subject of frustrations, since this movie basically went full member berries, right? Mm-hmm. Where the hell is Ben Tramer? God damn it. This is the only choose your own adventure timeline where he's fucking alive. <laughs> and I don't get to see Ben Tramer. This is bullshit. Justice for Ben Tramer. God damn it. I'm 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 part joking, but I'm also part not joking. <laughs> Just, justice for Ben Tramer. <laughs> like uh, it's one of my one of my favorite online critics, uh, uh, the cinema snob. He he, re- he does reviews and breakdowns of, of older horror movies and exploitation films and everything like that and he's covered the entire halloween series and whatnot and one of my favorite gags from his was when he got to halloween h2o it's like yeah they rebooted the timeline but what's the point ben tramer's still dead is it's it like, wait wasn't ben tramer the guy that like got hit by a police car in in halloween 2 one yeah. it was it in two yeah <laughs> and this this movie ignores halloween 2 so ben tramer's oh, well, that, still yeah, alive wait, Justice what the hell? for Ben Tramer. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go full member berries, might as fucking well. You brought back Lindsay Wallace. You brought back Tommy. I mean, we're going for a COVID storyline next, apparently. Why not? No, Why not? Please, God. And, no. I'm, 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 I'm and really look, sad. I need to I need to make clear. I need to have this on the record because I'm griping about it a lot, but I need to be clear. I don't mind if if horror likes to have a socio-political message behind it. Sure. I don't mind sure. if it's done properly. Sure. I think, one of, I think well. one of my favorite, one of my favorite all-time horror films is Dawn of the Dead, the original. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that is a, that is a wonderful commentary on, on consumerism. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, have, the, I have loved, uh, you know, Get Out is one of my favorite current horror movies. And that has, you, you know, very obvious socio-political messaging as mm-hmm. as we discussed in in the previous episode uh i love the original Candyman, and that is very yes. gentrification yes yes so if, if i liked movie, i liked the current Candyman too and that one also has a lot to say about gentrification so like if 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 the next halloween movie wants to take another stab at having a nice you know political message to it fine go ahead but whatever the fuck we got with that, we're the monsters scene from the end of this film. If that's what it is, it's just hop off the end of my dick because that <laughs> it's it's not gonna fly. Listen, yeah, maybe maybe yeah. the monsters were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so so so, do you want to stop hating and start loving? Yes, I would love that. Uh, I guess final verdicts on Halloween kills. If you're a Halloween fan, you should watch it just for a sense of completion, and you might have more to gain from it than myself. You might find qualities in it that you appreciate more than me. Um, as far as just my opinion, it was just another slasher film that didn't even do a lot of that right. Yeah. 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 Go watch Candyman. Go watch Candyman, yes. Go watch Malignant. No, go watch Malignant. <gasps> yes, absolutely watch Malignant. No messaging whatsoever, but go that's watch fine. Maligma. No, it has messaging. Beware of 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 <laughs> of possessive tumors that yes. come out of the back of your skull and no kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> if you have an abusive husband, leave him before he awakens your your cancerous brother. <laughs> yes. 
God, I love Malignant. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, go on. Have you seen that great parasitic twin movie, Maligma? <laughs> parasitic twin movie, Maligma Balls. <laughs> God damn it. Speaking of, yeah, I, fi- Atreides fi- nuts. Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, final final thoughts. Thoughts for Halloween. It's 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 another <laughs> mediocre sequel. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I, I just to get it on the record too. Uh, will we is... see Halloween ends? Oh, I mean, yes. I, I am. Yeah. Um, I will. I'll watch I, it. I, I won't be happy about it, but I will watch it. This this movie is not bad enough to fully deter me from the series, but it was not great. Yeah, and and just to get it out there as well. Uh, in my opinion, Halloween three is still the best fucking sequel. I will die on this hill. I don't care how nonsensical <laughs> some of the elements are if you think about it too hard it's <laughs> it's beautifully nihilistic and wonderfully campy and fun which oh, this yeah. movie is not it's not fun no. uh but yeah Trady's these nuts uh, uh nuts. so i i love that we live in a universe where that joke is just here <laughs> right there <laughs> yep. yeah and you know what also the memes on, must flow duncan the memes must too. flow duncan these nuts too um, duncan these nuts. nuts so all right i am a fan of dune uh i've seen the david lynch movie i've seen the miniseries uh i've read part of the original novel i've just been a lazy shit and i hadn't like finished it and everything like that i know it's been fucking forever but you know whatever uh, and I've been super, super excited about the this this new Dune adaptation. I had been following it for a while, even back when Peter Berg of the Rundown fame was was directing it, and and uh, uh, the movie was taking too long, so we left the Dune adaptation to do Battleship. G fucking G, you dumbass. Oh, yeah. But uh, you know we lucked out because we get we get Denny Villeneuve, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that name because you know it's French Canadian, but I'm gonna do my best. I'm just going to say Denis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll know who I'm talking about. I yeah. loved uh, Sicario, which is my introduction to him. I, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed Arrival. Uh, I love Arrival. I fucking loved Blade Runner 2049. Yep. Um, so I had really high expectations for this movie. And despite some minor, minor criticisms that kind of can't be avoided, considering the fact that you're splitting a behemoth of a novel into two movies mm-hmm. um i fucking loved this movie yeah yeah i um we uh we did a watch party for this uh two weekends ago i think yeah. maybe three um no two i think yeah two. yeah it's quite recent time is time is meaningless circle. um <laughs> yes uh but i i remember um you know, it was it was one of the one of the rare watch parties where all of the <laughs> goons were silent for the majority yes. of the film. I think there was there was one moment where uh, all three of us thought about making a comment uh, regarding uh, ancient lamentations, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we did not because. Uh, so I, um, Lee, correct me if I'm wrong, but you and I have no. Uh, foreknowledge of the Dune series. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the movies or read the book or anything like that. Yeah, this is one of those cases of um, I I know the reputation of Dune. Um, mm-hmm. 
which you know if you're if you're a fantasy fan you always get you know roped into the sci-fi fantasy genre but i always veered hard left into that fantasy and um i've mm. w- i've had a few exceptions and you know dipped my toes into sci-fi um yeah i'm i'm actually curiously i'm the opposite but i've still never like dune just kind of passed me by a little bit in that regard mm-hmm. um but uh yeah, it, it's yeah. it's something I never had any um, any exposure to, and uh, the 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 original film is one that I just never really got around to watching. Um, I am a a massive fan of David Lynch, and mm-hmm. share his interest of factories and nude women. Mm-hmm. Um, As we all do. Yeah, yeah but yes. I it's it's a movie I never got around to watching, even though I want to see Sting in like a black armored xenomorph speedo. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it, it's just never something that happened. And uh, when this movie first started getting uh, getting the trailer rounds, is wait, hang on, is that character? You have not met that in character the current. Yet. Okay, cool. Yeah, you haven't. Yeah, you haven't met Speedo Sting. <laughs> yeah, yet. That, that, okay, that cool. Character, that character is uh, Dave Bautista's brother. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, so. oh, fantastic. Yeah. So all he, right, he's continually. Going to be one of sorry. Delicious- He's going to be one of the deliciously evil Harkonnens. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so when the trailer came out and first started making its rounds, um, I, I didn't have any pre-existing love for the series. I thought, okay, here we go. Time for another big blockbuster. Um, and then I heard it's, you know, of this age-old epic that they're going to split into two movies. I'm like, oh, Jesus, here you know, here we go. I was getting flashbacks to The Hobbit. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. here we go. Let's mm-hmm. let's needlessly split up this this book into too many films. Uh, but then I did I did some research and this book kind of had a reputation for being unfilmable. Like it yes. was it was ju- there was too much lore. There was too much oh, depth yeah. that was that, that something was, was going to get lost in translation. That was the only thing that I had been familiar with uh, regarding the Dune uh, adaptations was that mm-hmm. it was largely regarded as we can't make this. And it, yeah. it a lot of. A lot of great sci-fi concept artists cut their teeth on trying to get this adapted back in like the seventies. Oh yeah, like, there's there's you know. a uh, there's a very well regarded H.R. Giger. Yeah, there's there's a well well regarded documentary that I still haven't watched yet, Jordawski's Dune, yep. about his attempt to to make this into a movie, and because it's Alejandro Jordawski, uh, who is a fucking insane, crazy person. <laughs> um it was it was basically going to be like this 14 hour long movie and yeah. they spent like most of the budget on pre-production before they could even film anything uh infamously he wanted Salvador Dali I believe to play the emperor who we also haven't met in in the movie yet and Salvador Damn. Dali wanted I believe uh like $100,000 an hour to be in the movie <laughs> And Jordawaski negotiated with him where he would pay him $100,000 a minute, but he'd only be in the movie for five minutes. And then every other scene that his character was supposed to be in, he'd be sort of played by this super intricate, like replica automaton type thing like like a Whoa. puppet basically and, and dolly signed off on this uh orson wells i believe was supposed to be baron harkonnen 
Um, oh, that been amazing! Yeah, HR mm-hmm. Giger was doing like the the concept art and everything like that. Um, I believe. <laughs> oh no! Oh yes! So, how's your set design looking for for, for Arrakis, <laughs> Mister Giger? Lots, lots of sands and lots of penises. Yeah, okay, and that's that that's one of the other things too. Is like this that adaptation like birthed so much other shit because like yes. Dan O'Bannon was working on Jordowski's Dune and that's mm-hmm. how he met and was introduced to the work- works of H.R. Giger and that's mm-hmm. why when they were making when when he got Alien off the ground he was like we need to bring in H.R. Giger yep and and it's yeah it's it's just insane yeah like two mil two million dollars of the budget two million dollars of the ten million million dollar budget had been spent during pre-production and the script was the size of a phone booth phone book uh the music no phone booth you were right yeah the (laughs) the music was going to be by pink floyd (gasps) amazing yeah it's 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 insanity pink floyd's the wall Mm -hmm. everything just turned to 11 cast and crew catering by wolfgang puck (laughs) you know you 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 say that but like orson welles didn't want to like initially sign on to the movie and Jodorowsky convinced him by saying I will hire your favorite chef to cook food for the set oh my god you get this to get this movie done dear god that's that's incredible it's 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 a documentary I've been meaning to watch for a while and I think especially now that you both have seen this new adaptation of Dune it'd probably be a fun watch party at some point just because it's 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 insane. It's it's yeah. That sounds insane. ridiculous. Uh, uh-huh. And then then after this movie died, Ridley Scott was attached to it, and then he dropped out after a bit because he was like, "It's taking too God. fucking long," and he did Blade Runner instead. Mm-hmm. And then we got the Lynch version. Uh, which is, <laughs> and then we got the Lynch which version. Which is uh, infamously the only movie of David Lynch's that he kind of hates. Oh. Um, because he didn't get final cut on it, and there was a lot of producer no. interference with it. Um, yeah. He, and if there's one thing David Lynch hates. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's it's even so much to the fact You're telling that me. The, uh, when the studio wanted to do a director's cut, he refused to come back to do mm-hmm. one. And mm-hmm. so they produced an extended cut anyway, and he insisted that the credit be uh, Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. legendary yeah. Alan Smithy. And his, yeah. his experience on this movie was so bad that he doesn't even want to watch this new movie just because it, it brings up too many oh. bad memories of oh. just his experience uh, I mean, making that movie. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. As, as someone um, who starts every day by watching David Lynch talk about the weather... <laughs> I don't like imagining him in pain. Yeah. yeah. It's it's he But it is also a shame because it's a good movie. I think you guys will all agree that yeah, this movie is great. Yeah. Um absolutely. I, uh my immediate thoughts after after watching it were um not that I was like I, I said specifically that odd was the wrong word. Um because I didn't feel awed by the movie, but I the entire time we were watching you know, it's a two-hour runtime, or a little bit more, two and a half, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so it's a long movie. It's a hefty film. But I, you know, aside like aside from a handful of pacing issues, uh, I didn't really feel the time 
because yeah. I just, I was enjoying the ride so much and I was enjoying the world that they built. And it, yeah. it truly did feel like it did exactly what you want an adaptation to do where it, it gives you the world, not in exposition, not in tired over explaining dialogue, but just in recreating the world such that, you know, you understand watching these characters that you're just seeing the tip of a giant iceberg of lore mm-hmm. that like is is slowly getting filter fed to you through the the gorgeous visuals and the you know just like you know very minor decisions in set design and acting and characterization and music and and you know everything that makes up a film yeah. and that's that's what i really liked about it um i, I, I feel I, like i'm sorry go ahead i, I was gonna say i know people who have read the books and were somewhat disappointed in some of the adaptation choices. Um, but I think as somebody who has not read the books, I thought it was a phenomenal adaptation. I, I, I mm-hmm. think, I, I think the, th- the thing with adaptations is like, everybody has their own idea in their head, you know, for, yeah, for what, what something should be and, and all that. And true. I, I certainly was very much for a stickler of I want it to be as faithful as possible when I was like much younger. Yes. And while, while I do want like like it has to be 100%, you can't change anything basically. Um and while I still want, you know, the the a movie or an adaptation to be relatively faithful, you know, so because like that's the whole point of an adaptation is to to adapt something to the big screen. I understand that you have to take certain creative liberties or certain things can't be completely mm-hmm. realized, you know, like I uh I like I've seen a couple people complain that, you know, Baron Harkonnen was not quite fat enough. And it's like, sure, like my my head vision based off of the novel is like Baron Harkonnen is like even larger than he is in the movie. But if you go if you push it too far, it becomes almost maybe comedic or just impossible to film or, or, or mm-hmm. you know, something to that effect. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we, we didn't wind up with fucking late season game of late series game of Thrones where it's just, they're just hacking away and just throwing shit in willy nilly <laughs> and just throwing shit all over the place, you know? Or, yeah. And when or, it comes to add adap- when it comes to adaptations, you, you need to try your best to adhere to a radical end of either side of the spectrum. It needs to Mm -hmm. be taking steps to be as faithful an adaptation as possible Mm -hmm. or be very self-aware and go the complete opposite direction and you get Paul Verhoeven to do Starship Troopers. Like, oh, here's this classic piece of sci-fi literature about the mental strain on a soldier going to going off to war. Fuck you. We're going to make this this propaganda fascist film. <laughs> like, you know, I was thinking uh, Reanimator when you said that. Oh, there you go. Another That's fantastic, fantastic one where it took it took a knockoff racist Frankenstein story and made it into this like glorious horror comedy that gets everything right for the most part. Yep. Where it's or just like, oh. <laughs> another another classic example is the movie adaptation, which started off as an adaptation of the Orchid Thief and then turned into 
Charlie Kaufman writing a semi-autobiographical account of how he tried to adapt the Orchid Thief before it <laughs> veers off into its own fucking nonsensical fictional gibberish. Before it veers off into Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and typical Charlie Kaufman insanity. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 a very, very delicate tightrope. And, and the, like, the one thing is, uh, like... You can tell that that the people involved in this particular adaptation had a lot of respect for the source material, and and mm-hmm. that they were doing their best to make make Dune available to a wider audience, and and to be as faithful as possible while also making adjustments to make sure it could fit within a two and a half hour runtime, because. Making a a hundred million dollar budget plus movie is is it's a gamble unless it's a fucking goddamn Marvel movie, you know, unless it's a a, a really established IP, it's it's gonna be a fucking huge gamble. And the fact, and even as Denny Villeneuve pointed out, like he he was very surprised that he got to make another movie after Blade Runner twenty forty nine, considering how bad that movie did at the box office, because that mm-hmm. was also like a hundred and fifty dollar to 150 million to 200 million dollar blockbuster movie that also had a fucking R rating, so it even narrowed the scope of, of yeah. what could be yeah. done. And it yeah. was like it its box office performance is fucking criminal. And mm-hmm. and he was very, very thankful that his career was not dead after that what? movie. <laughs> and luckily the the man is so incredibly talented. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know, just judging from thing, you know, from the things I've seen, you know, I, I haven't seen the guy's whole catalog, but you know, Arrival, yeah. fucking stellar. Uh, Blade yeah. Runner twenty forty nine is visually breathtaking, yeah. and that's that's what immediately jumped out in those first ten minutes of us watching this movie. Like, like Cat mentioned earlier, just to peel back the curtain of the Goon cast. Like all these movies that we watch together that we talk about here on the podcast. You know, we're some pretty funny motherfuckers. We're talking throughout the movie and, you know, like, oh, you know, talking about shitty movie that this actor did or the devil or whatever. All sorts of and, shit and, and, and wow, this this movie shut us up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, this even, movie shut our fucking mouths. Even Twin Peaks, which we all mostly unanimously like outside of like the James scenes, obviously. <laughs> yes. Um, and some parts in season two. We all really enjoyed that, and we're still talking up a storm. We all fucking loved Malignant, and we're still talking up a storm, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Well, because, like, it's our own little private, like, viewing party. We'll crack jokes. Yeah. We'll, we'll spew out trivia. We'll we'll try to make oh. each other's laugh or, or comment on certain things. But Dune, mm-hmm. it was mostly two and a half hours of complete silence. And, and those only bits of conversation were in the first like twenty minutes of yeah, the film. And and the, the only time that really has ever happened uh was previously was like with the autopsy of Jane Doe, where we 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 Lee and I started kind of you know doing our normal shtick at the start of the movie, but then like I don't know what, fifteen, twenty minutes into it, we shut the fuck up because it was just yeah. such mm-hmm. impressive filmmaking and such impressive writing and acting where we're just drawn yeah. in. And, and yep. I was super happy that that was kind of the experience that we got from Dune, where it's just... My my only regret about the movie is that we're still in a fucking pandemic, and I wish my first time seeing this movie was on fucking IMAX. Oh yeah. my god. The, the, Holy the, shit. The, 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 the cinematography. And, oh my god. My, yeah. my, my only hope at this point, because I'm not breaking quarantine to fucking 
no. see this in theaters now, even 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 if things are lax, even that I'm vaccinated and I got a mask. My only yeah. hope now is that that typical the, the typical movie movie shenanigan thing where when Dune Part Two comes out, yeah. they put oh. Dune One in theaters in IMAX. Yeah, that's the case. We're fucking doing both of them, baby. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm like re-release that. it like the week before, and like yeah. in IMAX, like limited run, and then Dune Two in IMAX. Sure. Even, oh. even, even if even if they do the uh, the fucking back to back thing, I I would be fucking be there. Like, oh I, god, I did, do I, they do yeah. that for new releases? Sometimes, yeah. They, Sometimes, they did yeah. That with, I would do that. Uh, okay. They did that with uh, right when the Dark Knight Rises was coming out. You could do the the Dark Knight experience or whatever, where it's basically back to back in IMAX. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Rises at midnight. And wow! It was it was an intense, beautiful ride. That's um, awesome. They, they even we, fucking that's... did it with Saw Four, Kat. Oh my god! The first technically that's what my group and I did for um for The Dark Knight, in that we watched. Uh, Batman Begins on a laptop in the theater nice. while we were waiting for the. There you go. Uh, I, I, the, the, the true uh, cinematic experience, uh, true yes. Kino. And I, I know some movie theaters have done it with the, the Marvel movies right before an Avengers movie has come out, but I'm like, there's too many fucking mm. movies. From oh movie. well, that the, got silly. AMC yeah. did that by us. They when um when the first Avengers movie came out, they ran all of Phase One right before Oof. it, and it was like, oh Jesus, that's I could a little smell, much. I could smell yeah. that from like here. I, I could I could see. Doing like Infinity War and End Endgame back to back. Oh, but, like, yeah. some I think some movie theaters literally did every MCU movie, and I'm just like, that's way God, that's, that's twenty fucking movies. And I, I, don't, uh, I don't have forty to sixty hours for this shit. Yeah, no, absolutely not. The only the only back to back viewing experience that I've like I I knew about was uh I had a there's a my theater back home used to run Lord of the Rings back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think extended too, and I was like, "Hell was, yeah, all fourteen hours!" Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, or an experience rather. But yeah, no, this is uh, this is one I would, I definitely wish I'd paid for in theaters, mm-hmm. um, just to again to give them more money. Um, yeah. But yeah, God, it was just it was glorious. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll visuals... gladly pay for a re-release. Yeah, the visuals were absolutely breathtaking, but here's here's something that really needs the appropriate attention drawn to it. I'm just going to say some words right now. <clears throat> Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Zendaya, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin. What the fuck is this cast? Yeah. This is yeah. a lethal, mm-hmm. lethal mm-hmm. fucking cast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on fucking point. Oh my! Yeah. I'm Everybody's all the people giving point. Chalamet shit. There are people giving him shit. Oh my goodness! Yes, they're they're, they're, oh, they're criticizing his performance for being emotionally detached, and it's like, do you understand the fucking what? character? Yeah. yeah there's, what? <laughs> there's, there's 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 a lot of there there's been a lot of that. There's there's been a lot of criticism about Dune of of, of people who clearly didn't pick up on on Dune and like. Like, look, if you don't like the movie, that's fine, you know? Yes. That's, that's yeah, fine. that's fine. That's opinions. Please, please, uh, please. Opinions are like assholes. My right. right. <laughs> um, please, yes. please, please, please stop writing shitty op-eds about how it's a white savior narrative because it's pretty fucking clear you didn't watch the movie or paid attention or didn't read the book. Because okay. it's, it's not. Okay, so here... Here we go. Um, this is yep, a thing. Pandora's box has been opened. Yeah, this is a thing I wanted to bring up because 
Uh, yeah, I've also seen the, the Twitter takes. I've also seen the people making fun of the longstanding Dune fans having, you know, the, the, the defense of the white savior narrative in their back pocket for whenever this has happened. Um, and before we started, um, in on the podcast, we had, we were briefly touching upon, uh, Villeneuve's like other filmography, Mm -hmm. um, and specifically on Blade Runner 2049, uh, which I believe James, you said you actually enjoyed better than the original. Yeah. Um, and specifically you had mentioned because Ridley Scott insists that Deckard is a replicant. Yes. Um, so that then gets into, for me, a little bit of, um, sort of something I always like to keep in mind, uh, in my own writing and in, uh, you know, my, my, my viewing specifically my, like my critics, eye, like my critical viewing of, of films. Uh, and that is death of the author. Um, so it's a phrase that, you know, it's, it's mostly common in literature, but uh, I feel like it's really also appropriate for filmmaking. And it sort of just means that like authorial intent doesn't really matter or shouldn't really factor in to like your personal interpretation of a work. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in my mind, again, it's something I always keep in mind for my own writing because, you know, there have been, there have been times where I've written a piece and I've gotten back feedback of, you know, varying degrees of, oh, I think it's about this kind of thing. Sure. And I'm like, no, it's actually about this. But, you know, if I get, if I get X amount of feedback that says, hey, I think this is what you were trying to say, and I was actually trying to say something else, that's not necessarily the reader's fault if they didn't pick up what I was laying down, you know, like if, if my words are getting misinterpreted so frequently, then I think possibly some of that is on me not communicating um, as effectively as I should have. If I really wanted that particular interpretation and like, you know, if my authorial intent mattered that much. Right. Um, Now that is to say, I do think that that requires a bit of good faith because I think there are a lot of bad faith takes that just kind of look at something at the surface level and say, oh, this is what this is about. Therefore, it's bad. Sure. You know, which, which I, I do think that the white savior narrative in Dune is a very easy surface level skim it kind of read of it. Yeah. That, that's, um, that's my main thing is, is like. Granted, for part one, I don't think it gets much deeper than that well, at it, this point. I, w- I would. I, I don't want to get into spoilers or anything for part two. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, that, that's the thing. I'm, I'm kind of expecting part two to sort of turn that on its ear I, and really I'm, make me realize like, oh shit, no, this is something oh, else. Well, that's happen. when all the articles are going to come out saying, ah, oh, our voices were heard and they, they, they yeah. changed the narrative to veer away from the, the white no. savior. Plot. My main point is based <laughs> off that of... book written decades ago. <laughs> my, my main point is primarily based off of after there's the big attack on the city, like just using mm-hmm. this film as, as an example, mm-hmm. um, the big attack on the city and they're in the tent and Paul has that vision of after huffing so much spice right mm-hmm. and the whole the thing good shit, yeah. is basically this gigantic war 
this this jihad this crusade, this crusade yeah and and him talking about millions dead a a, a cult based around my father's skull a, a thing in my name a religion on my name mm-hmm. and that that horror and how it's 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 affecting him and then how basically shortly thereafter he starts to kind of play into it and lady jessica keeps going you're playing a very dangerous game don't don't mm-hmm. say you're the messiah don't say you're the messiah that sort of angle and not to mention earlier in the film they're constantly bringing up the fact that the the um the 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 god i can't remember the name of it the 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 coven of witches basically are, are yeah, basically yeah. spreading oh you're talking about the reverend mother yeah, reverend mothers mm-hmm. are spreading information about how paul is the messiah and paul is the messiah and everything like that where it's mm-hmm. they're creating this uh, oh the jesuit it was yeah, their name uh, i believe yeah, yeah um um they're, they're Good creating memory. this this basically this cult around paul this mystical sort of thing uh, that he is this mm-hmm. chosen one but everything that Paul sees based off of his own innate powers and based off of the spice and everything like that, it is going to lead. It, it seems it's going to lead into something fucking genuinely horrifying and awful. And at least to me, that's not quite at least my interpretation of it, a white savior. That's more of like, like dictatorship well, or, or... No, I don't I don't think that's the part that's white savory to people. I think oh, it's I, more I know. the... It's like th- that's my defense of why, I, at least on this movie, why I don't think it's that. Sure, but I think... Uh, I mean, I think you can still have the, the Messiah, uh, you know, also have the, the sort of, you know... Mm-hmm. potential consequent to potential horrifying consequences of their birthright or whatever hanging over their heads while still playing into kind of a you know white people swoop in and teach the natives how to win sure. kind of narrative that 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 is the that is sort of the like again it's a very simplistic view of the movie um yep. and I, I but I don't at at this time um you know I, I I could see somebody coming away with that, you sure, know, sure. like I, like I, I personally have more faith that, you know, this book just because, you know, I, people, I also... people who, people who have read it have told me that's what it's, that's not what it's about. Um, which great, you know, I also cool. If it's not if it's mentioned in the movie, if it is, I can't remember it. I'm pretty sure it's mentioned in the novel too. It's like the Fremen aren't even indigenous to that planet per se. They, they're basically also colonizers too. It, I, I think it is mentioned because it's they, they talk about them cultivating plants yeah. to live in the desert and stuff yes, like that. Yeah. But but nonetheless, you can't you can't argue you can't disagree that they are coded as more native than oh, yeah, sure, sure. the other people. So that's you know that's where you get into the colonizer versus you know th- that's where that narrative comes in, right? Yeah. Like. Not not to say that this that will necessarily be how it plays out in the in part two. I'm just saying I do understand people looking at this at a like just at a glance at a surface level and being like it's not for me because I really don't like that kind of narrative. Oh, I'm I'm fine um, with people going it's not for me. My my yeah. main thing is is when they view the movie and they or they 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 view any piece of media and they don't necessarily do sort of 
due diligence or, or additional research or whatever and go like, hey, you know, here's how it is surface level, but allegedly it's this, it's, it feels more like the clickbaity thing and trying to get well, like, pats on backs and, and, and everything like that. And that's kind of always what rubs me the wrong way with the internet. And that's where, that's where my like bad faith take yeah. uh, comes in, right? Like if, if you're, if you're doing this from a, from a point of like, I, you know, I can see, I love, I love villain news, like visuals, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I haven't read Dune. And frankly, from what's being presented, I wouldn't want to because uh, like it's presenting the narrative this way then sure that's fine but like yeah when when people sort of take it to the nth degree of you know it, again it's just that that bad faith sort of oh, yeah. um i i i am interpreting it this way therefore i must be correct and it's it's uh, not also way of way of viewing authorial intent that is 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 bad it's not right? also exclusive to dune either since it's it's like no. Bad, bad takes on on fucking everything in their cat at this point and yeah well i mean like actually like a really good recent example is like squid game yeah. um mm -hmm. that show has a lot of political messaging mm -hmm. that's very distinct to korea and there's a lot of people you know a lot, like a lot of american audiences who don't understand you know what the references are in that regard yep so they they interpret it one way, and it's like, no, you had you have like actual Korean or Korean American viewers coming in and being like, hey, let me give you a little history lesson on why yeah. you know this, you this this isn't actually painting the the you know the the contestants as you know evil people. It's actually referencing these strikes and blah blah. You know, it's just like yeah. this whole this whole like you know backstory that we as Americans might not be aware of, and therefore. You know, you're missing the context of, yeah, you, your take is bad because you need this this backstory to it that really contextualizes the themes of the piece. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's so like my uh, to kind of put a pin on it. My feelings on like the original Blade Runner are similar because. I I personally enjoy the ambiguity that's presented in the film, um, and I disregard anything Ridley Scott has to oh, say yeah. about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, I also because... disregard everything Ridley Scott has to say on that movie, especially since <laughs> the writer is even like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's not. He's, <laughs> it's 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 no. yeah. And, and then Harrison well, and it's Ford like... is like no, and then Denny Villeneuve <laughs> is just like, I'm not going to answer. It's not my place. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. thank you, Daniel. Good, I'm good for him. Good for him. Ambiguity. <laughs> fucking old but, man, crazy Ridley Scott, fucking yeah. bastardizing the Alien franchise even more. Oh God, let's not get into that. Let's hey. not open that can of worms again. Too late, Mr. Scott. Oh, we we have a problem that Pr Prometheus wasn't enough about the aliens. And then the monkey paw curls a finger, and then he makes covenant and goes, "Okay, I'll tell you more about the aliens, but it has to do with Jesus." We're like, "Oh, oh no!" Listen, we got we got Fassbender fluting himself. That's true. That's beautiful. Scene. All worth it? All question worth mark. It. I had it. I had some I had somebody tell me that Covenant was more of a gothic romance than a horror movie because of the Fassbenders, and I was just like. Yeah, I can see it. I hate you. I, mean, I, can see it. I choose not to acknowledge that statement. <laughs> I can see it. Like it's 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 Scott is his own 
worst enemy. I think he's an he can be an exceptionally talented director, but oh, he yes. also needs a very good writer and he needs to yes. shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, that that's also kind of you know, again, uh I feel the same way about uh Grave of the Fireflies. The director says it's about one thing. The most lighthearted film ever made. I absolutely do not agree with his interpretation of it. And, you know, I don't care. I think it's still a brilliant piece. I'm just going to choose to interpret it my way because, you know, yeah. like, and I, I think, I think it's still, I think it's still valid where, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone can tell me, oh, you didn't get it because like, no, I get what they were trying to say. Sure. I just don't agree with that that's what the movie was saying because it's a tragedy about two children dying. Yeah. <laughs> and like and the atrocities of war. Spoilers yeah. for Grape Fireflies, yeah. but it's 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 like it like like for me, for example, like with, with to the previous Candyman movie that, that we watched. Um mm. like I I get what, what they were trying to do and what they were trying to say. And like for me, just I don't think the execution worked quite as well. Whereas you'll have sure. a lot of bad faith people who go like, oh, they're implementing all this politics into Candyman. It's like, motherfucker, God. you've been there since the first movie. Yes. What the fuck uh, are you talking Candyman about? Has, Candyman yeah, has is... always had, had just been swelling yeah. with political, com or uh, the, like sociopolitical commentary. Yeah, even that is absolutely an example story, of a bad faith take. Even mm -hmm. the original mm -hmm. short story, it's it's not necessarily about gentrification in, in, in America, but it is about gentrification to an extent because it's about mm -hmm. like you know fucking slums and 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 ghettos and in london and whatnot like mm -hmm. it's it's always been that and to try to claim that like oh they're just injecting this no you you can argue whether or not it was handled well mm -hmm. but like whether like having this bad yeah and like just based obviously the three of us all disagreed about how well it was handled in the in the most recent one but yeah. you know we we can all agree that it was there and it was valid the way it was presented it was yeah. not it forcing down your forcing politics down your throat no no form of media is trying to do that like <laughs> except fox news but yeah well sure <laughs> Well, no I form of maybe fictional that, media. Maybe that Karen, Wait, that, no, that's that Karen, still Fox News. That, <laughs> that's still Fox News. That Karen movie, maybe. Oh, oh, God, yes, I heard about. It. Well, okay, yes, there are there are movies, but like those almost go into the realm of like. It's almost satirical the way they're pushing it so yeah. hard. Like, uh, like oh Red gosh, State or something. yeah, yeah. I was oh gosh, there was another movie that came out recently that was about liberals hunting. Conservatives. Oh, the right? Was that it? The, Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Or at least that's what uh, people were, were claiming it was about. I know it's like a most dangerous game of people getting dropped in like a, a forest area and they're getting hunted by people or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I, it I was it. it was more it was more rich versus poor than but like like it was still it wasn't a very good movie in general, so like it really didn't even deserve the conversation around it. But yeah, I remember I remember that one being a little heavy-handed in its marketing because I think it really wanted to play into the controversy sure. of no, like, no, oh no, god, I, we're doing this. If y'all if y'all want to see a good a good tactful movie that that handles some heavy subject matter like that, folks, go watch the 2007 movie called Simply Cthulhu. 
It is a mm. retelling of oh, Shadow yeah, over Innsmouth yeah. through the. Uh, mo- it's a modern day interpretation of Shadow over Innsmouth, where the main character is uh, a young gay man who's coming back to see his family who live in a very far right conservative area, and they are the and they are representing the Dagon kind of creatures of Innsmouth. And it is such a brilliant way to approach telling that age old story and also poking some very self-aware fun at HP Lovecraft's xenophobia. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Um, So (laughs) fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Cthulhu. Great movie. Awesome. Okay. I never even heard that. I'll put it on my list. Yeah. Yeah, That's a fun one. Um, so anyway, Dune, do we want to wrap Dune? I think so. I think there's, I think there's, you know, there's plenty of substance to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything that we've got to say about it's basically going to be basically going to be positive and say, Hey, just go, go see it for yourself. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you have HBO max. Uh, oh yeah. It's a, it's an, it's an easy watch on HBO max. You know, if, if we've really convinced you that it's worth it, like an IMAX experience, if you're comfortable with it, God, like this is the movie to do it. Yeah, go go get the big screen experience so you can see how beautiful Jason Momoa is. <laughs> Fucking truly, we, truly we stand Duncan Idaho. God damn it. Yeah, it's it it is yeah. the big screen uh reunion of the cast of the greatest showman that we all needed, Rebecca Ferguson <laughs> Zendaya. Absolutely. God damn it. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, also, also My favorite the, guilty pleasure. The, the other the other fucking big controversy is you have Zendaya stands pissed off that she's hardly in the movie. Like, well, raising the biggest fucking stink. Sorry. Like, I mean, you're gonna get her in part two. Oops. You're gonna get her in part two, and also, like, she, she is clearly like she's probably the most important character. She's going to be one of the most important characters. Yeah. Like she's yeah she's the big thing that that you know was part of the big part of the dreams and yeah. you know. But not not center stage enough, Kat. I'm sorry. Not center stage enough, and and then you also have MCU yeah. stands who are pissed off because there's no there's not quips every couple minutes. Oh, that that's, that's, that's the, the one. That's like, the one I oh I read no I just read that one this morning actually. Yeah. That, that's Wait, really? Brought up. Yeah, there's a lot I, of people who don't think Dune is fun enough. Dune needed to be quote to be more fun. fun. And Not my first thought was, oh, I'm sorry. Let's get rid of Denny and let's have Joss Whedon's Dune. <laughs> let's let's sink our teeth into oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's what I needed. To, that's what I really want to see. Somebody face plant into, like, one of the female characters' boobs. Comedy, mm-hmm. guys. I mean, Peak you know, it could comedy. also be Zack Snyder's Dune. Wait, no, we Where it's that. it's seven hours oh, long boy. and the Emperor forgets about the Atreides. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, no. A lot of people were pissed off that it wasn't it wasn't fun enough because, look, I I don't want to shit on the MCU. I've liked my fair share enough. Of I, it, but I yeah, I, do think I enjoy those movies. It's been They're a bit fun of a, popcorn movies. I do think it's been a bit of a detriment to the film industry where now every big budget movie has to be quippy and and whatnot, and people get yeah, pissed well, when it's not quippy. And I'm like, okay, oh. that's that's the thing though. It's like you you can like Marvel movies a lot. Please do not expect every single movie to cater to that style. Yeah. Because that's not that's not what every movie is. Mm-hmm. Dune with quips is garbage. Yeah. Iron Man with quips is great, right? It's a comic book. It's it's fun. It's supposed there's, to be you watching 
CGI dudes punch each other. There's like one joke in the entirety of Dune, and it and at least for me, I thought it was cute and funny when Duncan Idaho is is fucking teasing Paul. It's like, oh, you gained some muscle, really? No, no. And it's <laughs> like I thought it was cute because it's like it shows their bond, it shows their connection. And, and but, uh, but man, if it was, you're forgetting but... a joke. Oh, <laughs> the uh, the moment where uh, have your yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah Dam's character yeah. comes in and spits at the. Uh, uh oscar isaac's <laughs> yeah, and and the too. god who's the is josh brolin the guard yeah yeah, josh brolin. yeah like goes goes to like like you know fucking draw his weapon on him and he's just like oh thank no, you no, for no, sharing no. yeah stilgar stilgar's giving you the blessing of his body's moisture or yeah. something yeah. now you see if that were directed by joss whedon Mm-hmm. then all of the characters would like stand in a circle and start like furiously spitting at each other. Yeah. No yeah. Like, Wouldn't that it's... be funny? Wouldn't that be oh. fucking funny? Oh, yeah. hilarious. God damn, it'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I mean, forgot. hey, the, the also... good news, the good news though is that Joss Whedon is kind of on the shit list now because of his very, very terrible treatment of women and rightfully so. Yep. Yeah. Frankly. And, and absolutely to, to go back to that scene too. Not only is it, is it a joke, right? But mm-hmm. it also provides some context in the lore about yeah. the planet. And it's incredibly clever. Yeah, it's it's super clever. And, and there's I, like I, this I, this extremely hostile moment where, you know, essentially fighting between the two sides could break out at any second, and a perceived hostile action is immediately diffused. It's funny. Yeah. It's a tension breaker. Cat, forget the tact and the subtlety. I want Baron Harkonnen to fart. <sighs> I want yep. him to go into his regeneration tar and his and his his guy be like, oh, we've wiped them out, and then just fart bubbles come to the surface. I wouldn't that, I wouldn't that be great? Want, great. I <laughs> want Shawnee to show up great. and Paul being like, she with you? And then Duncan goes, I thought she was with you. <laughs> she was with you. Oh gosh. God is dead. Go watch Dune. Go yeah. watch Dune, everybody. Go watch Dune. Uh, so, do we want to cap this off with the usual where we talk yeah. about what we've been doing recently yeah. on our, what have we been in up our to? free times? It's been, it's been like two weeks or so since the, uh, or maybe three weeks since the last pod. I'm sure we've been up to some things. Oh, it's been, yeah, it's yeah. been longer than that, baby. It's been a month. No, nah, we're, we're punctual with our podcast. It's been five days tops. <laughs> ah, Yes. No, no, Lee, that was corporate. We're all over this. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's what we've been doing, viewers. Yes, actually, it's it has been a lot of corpse party, which has been, been a lot of corpse party. Uh, g- great and terrible. Yeah. Great for great in, in some aspects, terrible in others. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe a little context is needed for those who don't uh, don't follow any material in the streaming verse, but uh Corpse Party is a rather notorious series of Japanese uh RPGs, quote RPGs. RPG slash visual novel. They're yeah. they're horror visual novels, to be most accurate. Uh, yeah. That border on the perverse. Uh, oh, and we uh, we take the piss out of them by doing voice acting uh, through them for Saber's channel. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they are a complete slog to get through, and they take a little bit of your soul every time. But goddamn it, we just keep going back. Yeah, we just keep on doing it. We made it to Shangri La, baby. Shangri La, <laughs> we follow God. God damn it! 
Uh, so yeah, if if none of you are familiar with Corpse Party, uh, stay that way. Do not watch any of the <laughs> oh, content. Yes. No, no, However, yeah. if you've listen, already listen, been listen, exposed, listen, <laughs> yeah, listen. they're gonna be actually watch because we're be- we're doing the one with Niku. Oh no, that's right. That's right. That's right. Our next probably likely next episode. Likely next episode is going to be a special guest star Niku Senpai who introduced us to this horrible franchise. Uh, we're gonna watch the the anime and the uh, live action movie of Corpse Party and discuss our our love of the series. <laughs> Hell yeah! So you got that to look forward to, folks. Hell yeah! Um, as uh, opposed to uh, yeah, more more like personally, what have we been uh, what have we been up to? Do you want to go firstly, or should I? Uh- Sure. Uh, yeah, it's been a pretty mellow couple of weeks for me, so I'll just get mine out of the way. Um, yeah. Mine has been absolutely a a week dominated by a medium that we do not talk about here on this podcast. And for me, it has been a gigantic week for uh, two weeks for music. Um, <laughs> three of uh, three of my top ten favorite bands all dropped fresh albums these past two weeks, and. Oh. Uh, all three of them are absolute masterpieces, nine out of tens at least. Um, uh, very, very on topic, on brand for what we talked about here on the podcast. A uh, group called Ice Nine Kills. They're a, uh, a theatrical metalcore group who have done now two albums in a row called The Silver Scream, part one, part two, where every song on the CD is, a, uh, is an homage to a famous horror film. And oh. uh, this latest one is an absolute banger. It's called Welcome to Horrorwood, uh, with songs tributing such classics as Child's Play, uh, Evil Dead, um, Psycho, and the absolute banger on the record is Farewell to Flesh, their big love (sighs) ballad that ends the record, which is, of course, Candyman. Amazing. Uh, 10 out of 10 record. It's probably my record of the year so far. Uh, Second... uh, extreme uh extreme metal masters from uh from across the pond cradle of filth dropped another record absolute banger uh existence is futile i believe the the record's called and my favorite band of all time dream theater dropped a new record uh two weeks ago a view from the top of the world uh their fifth album with mike mangini on the drums after the departure of founding member mike portnoy and uh prog masterpiece it is it is their best record in those last five by not a long shot but a a very wide margin it's a fantastic record uh culminating with the 22 minute epic at the end of the record called a view from the top of the world um stellar music uh if you're if you're into the progressive side of music all uh like rush haken uh, Fate's Warning, Symphony X. Check out Dream Theater, A View from the Top of the World. Other than that, I'm just still banging away at playing Other Side and working on uh, conceptualizing the video essay I'm going to be working on for that over on my channel. And uh, I have officially caught up my fiance on part four of JoJo. So we are. <gasps> Hell yeah! She is now caught up on Diamond is Unbreakable, and I believe tomorrow we're going to start uh, Golden Wind. Beautiful. <gasps> Awesome. Yeah, you guys awesome. Got so that's months until Stone Ocean I th- drops. Yeah. I think it also just dropped on Netflix, so you have an easier time getting getting through it than Will and I did with our terrible bootleg versions we found. Well, I think yeah, I think I've been using Crunchyroll. Yeah, at least been using my Crunchyroll account. Crunchyroll has all of them. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh. It, not dubbed, but it has them all subbed. Oh, okay. We were watching the dubs, yeah. so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know you did the dubs. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, although, yeah, no. No. Oh. watched the dubs for everything. Wait, I remembered one more thing. Oh, yes? You ever have one of those experiences where you see something online and you go, man, I really want to own that, and you place an order for it, and then it doesn't show up for a few months, and you go, hey, whatever the fuck happened to that thing I ordered? Yeah. And then you forget about it for even longer, and then it randomly shows up a year and a half later. Because yeah. that's what happened to me. Oh, no. I, oh my god. <laughs> I completely forgot about a thing I ordered about a year or year and a half ago. And it just showed up the other week. Uh, it is the first time that multiple uh, multiple novels uh, in the Vampire Hunter D series have been bound together into an omnibus. Oh, nice. Uh, so I had the Vampire Hunter D omnibus finally show up at my door. It's the first three books in the series. Uh, the self-titled, I can't remember the name of the second, and The Demon Death Chase, which is the story that inspired the movie Vampire Hunter Bloodlust. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna finish up uh, reading those tales of Solomon Kane, and then go just right back into more black clad swordsmen taking on uh, all kinds of adventures. So uh, that's uh, that's where my couple weeks has been at. Nice, very cool. Yep, yep. Um, I've had kind of a spicy couple weeks, Ooh. so I'm not gonna necessarily talk about every single thing I went through. Um. Because yeah, I've just been I've I've consumed quite a bit, uh, but yeah, I've also been you know still still playing a lot of D and D, still like you know working on my own campaign stuff for future stuff. But I did want to talk about two things that I've you know I'm either still working on right now or I recently finished. Uh, one which don't know if we've talked about on the podcast before, we might have. I think I've brought it up to you guys. Uh, the third season of the Netflix show You dropped. Mm. And uh, my my fiancé, William, found the show and watched the first season by himself. And then, like, guiltily told me he had watched this, he had found this new show. And I was like, oh, I've seen the first two seasons already. And he was just like, cool, let's keep watching it together. And what? And I was like, well, the new season's coming soon. So you want to finish season two and three and then, or season two and watch three together live. And he was like, hell yeah. And he, uh, he was still like midway through the first season, I think finished the first season, ended up having exactly the same feelings I did where he enjoyed it until the end and then didn't like the end <laughs> hmm. and then still kept going. Um, are you guys familiar at all with the show? No. I was literally just told about it um, like three okay, days right? ago by, oh. by a friend of mine who gushed about it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, so I guess I won't spoil it too much, but it's it's a show about a serial killer um, who like stalks women, essentially. That's your main character. Um, but it's told in a really interesting way because and I think there's some elements of like unreliable narrator and like a little bit of kind of like he's he twists things in his own head and you 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 see it on screen playing out slightly differently than the way he's interpreting things so there's this like dramatic irony about it and i think that's part of what makes it really clever the only problem is the same problem i have with dexter where like i kind of want to see this guy get his comeuppance mm-hmm. eventually like i kind of want to see his house of cards come 
crashing down. I want this to be a descent type show instead of a continue succeed like let the serial killer keep winning but he keeps getting away with it <laughs> can't keep getting away can't keep getting away with it <laughs> genuinely i am that meme every season of of this show so yeah will um will agreed with me that the end of the first season was uh was mediocre and then the second season starts and uh the second season had a lot more problems than the first it gets a little bit into like loony territory of like things happen that personally I choose to interpret some of them as all being in Joe's head. Like some of them I'm like this, like I know the show wants me to like, the show is telling me it's real. Mm-hmm. I refuse. I reject that reality. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and substitute my own. Yes. Yes. I'm like, he is, he clearly killed this person and then is like imagining that he's, He's Skyping him for advice, you know, like down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then season two ends in a really crazy way. And season three kind of also keeps going with the crazy. Um, it's not good, but it's that level of not good. That's fun to watch. Okay. You know, like it's like it's like this is really goofy and fun. The leads are very charismatic and they work well together. Um yeah, it's it's like it's a fun watch, but but boy, Will and I definitely raged a couple of times at it, being like, "Why is this happening? These people should be caught immediately." <laughs> and yeah, a bunch of yeah. Really I've heard like only that. I've heard only fantastic things about that show, so it's definitely on my radar. Okay, yeah, I mean, I definitely if you guys if you guys think about watching it, it would be a it would be a fun thing to to hear your opinions on as well. Um, Cause yeah. And I, you know, possibly also I'm just, I'm in a minority where like, I really like watching that type of show where like you have the kind of like anti-hero bad guy as a, as the main character. Oh, you're talking to the breaking bad guys. We get it. Yeah. 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 But like, yeah, I, I want, I want a Walter White ending for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's the cool ending. <laughs> The lame ending is, oh, he won, and, like... Is the, he sails in a boat off a into a hurricane and becomes yes. a lumberjack. <laughs> yes, exactly, where I'm like, this is, this, this show has gone on too long, you need to, you need to have a, you know, a cool wrap-up of, oh, shit, all of his machinations come crashing in on him, and... So, I, I didn't know this. Anyway. On, on, on that note, too, um, uh-huh. apparently, the, the original showrunner for Dexter who hmm. he he was only involved in the first four seasons of the show oh oh that, the good you ones. know what yeah and apparently yeah, that makes sense he's the one who's spearheading this revival series so i'm now a little more interested in the revival because beforehand like dexter got so bad that i was basically like no i'm fucking done i, I do not yes. care about this revival it, it I got so fucking out. bad mm-hmm. I, I petered out like, mid season six, I think, I, maybe I, earlier. I, I, That's whenever, longer than most last. Whenever Deb started being like, "Maybe I'm hot for Dexter," and I was like, "Nope." That was that was in season six. I I stopped. Okay. That was corpse party. <laughs> yeah, uh, I stopped at the end of season six, and season six was the most infuriating for me because I jokingly had called the plot twist at the start of the season, and mm. then I and I was like, that that would be the stupidest thing for it to do. And lo and behold. And lo and behold, it did it. It was like, fuck this. I'm so Great. bad. I'm so mad. Um, but yeah, maybe the revival could be good. I'm, I'm still not entirely 
like anticipating it i may watch the whole thing once the entire thing is done airing or whatever uh mm-hmm. out of morbid curiosity but like i'm you know my I'm, I'm a little more interested knowing that the guy who was involved in the shit i liked wasn't involved in the shit that i didn't like and he's now back so i'm like okay, okay that's that's, that's, that's fair cool. that's fair i can i can dig that um so but then to pivot off of you and dexter um you know i yeah if if you guys are into like fucking weird uh sort of melodramatic you know a bunch of a bunch of bad people doing bad things check it out it's fun okay and it's and it's on netflix so you know it's easy uh so then the other thing that i've been doing is i picked up far cry 6 so I've started playing through the latest installment of the Far Cry franchise. Have you gotten an email uh, yet about your playtime? No, I have not, actually. I, I was confused about that because I definitely dropped off for like a couple weeks because I just wound up getting really busy. And I like I picked it up and played it, started playing it when I was sick, like homesick because okay. I just I had a massive headache. And I was like, I, I don't want to just lay in bed all day, so I'm going to put a heating pad on my stomach and a, an ice pack on my forehead and just do something low effort. And it was like the perfect level of low effort. Um, and then I stopped playing for like two weeks and now I've, now I've been back. Cause I kind of, I finally got into a groove of like slowly clearing things out, slowly picking things, you know, doing the open world checklist. Sure. And that's fun for me. Um, but uh, so far it's basically exactly what I expected. It's, it's, uh, I, it feels a lot like Far Cry 3 mixed with a little bit of Far Cry 5. Mm. Um, so it kind of, it kind of does feel a little bit like it's taking from the best. Uh, I was very angry about the changes to, like, weapon stuff, like, weapon loadout stuff. Um, they don't give you explosives right off the bat, which I don't think they've done in any Far Cry, but, like, I had a really hard time dealing with tanks around, like, I don't know, like, ten hours in or something. I was like, why would you spawn a tank if I don't have, like, RPGs or, like, any sort of explosives to deal with it? (laughs) And then I kind of realized that, like, I was supposed to be upgrading a certain way to deal with tanks that were in, like, story missions. And I'm like, well, you didn't tell me that, so I had been upgrading, like, stealth stuff, right? Like, the yeah. stuff I like to play with. So I was just like, all right, well, maybe game, you could have hinted or, like, you know... A little like, nudge. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't, I, like, you know, I, I, and you're also, like, picking up weapons in the world, so I hadn't even gone out of my way to go try to find... So I was just like, helicopters and tanks are, like, the bane of my existence. <laughs> I had, like, out... But, like, now I finally got a groove, and it's it's fine. But, um... Uh, the story is fairly Far Cry. It's just kind of, you know, like you're a guerrilla, like freedom fighter type, and you're trying to, um, you know, overthrow a dictator, essentially, and you you have to get through their three goons. So it's very Far Cry, right? Um, I think it lacks a little bit in the original, in the originality of five, in that like, sort of like cult element where it was like middle of Montana and, like that, that was that was kind of a cool, interesting new twist to the franchise. Yeah. And now they're kind of back, like on a tropical island, and just like you know, 
essentially doing exactly what they were. Uh, there's like some of the writing is more clever, I feel like, than in previous installments. But a lot of it is just, you know, copy paste yeah. mission stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not very interesting. And um, there are a ton of bugs, um, which like, you know, like part of that is probably on me. It's the gift and curse of being QA. You kind of just, you you know how to break games and you're usually really good at it. <laughs> Even on your off hours, you just break fucking games. Yeah, you are. Um, but it's very frustrating when you've been sat down and you've played for two hours and then all of the audio starts dropping out of every cutscene. So you have to like restart your entire kit to get it back because likely somebody didn't catch a memory leak from something. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just kind like, of, um, this, this year's kind of a mixed bag because like, on, like it's it's a triple edge, trip, triple triple edge blade. Uh, because you know, on one hand, you and I are both QA testers, so we break shit more mm-hmm. often. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got a little more armor. You two are QA testers, and I've got three hundred hours in cyberpunk. We're <laughs> we got uh, this. Two, yeah, yeah, it's it's an Ubisoft open world sandbox game, which means it's going to be buggy's dicks. And so long as it's not fucking yeah. Assassin's Creed Unity, uh, yeah. it's yeah. it's going to be playable. But then yes. on the third side is. Everybody's still working from home from pandemic. The game got delayed, like, I don't know, almost a year. So I can only imagine that a lot more shit probably slipped. Yes. Just due to yes. the difficulties uh, of, of working yes. from home. Sure. And I, yeah, I can totally, yeah. I, I completely sympathize. <laughs> yeah, but it is still frustrating as fuck whenever shit like yeah. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it like I deal with it, but you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I, you know, I only get a couple, a handful of hours a day to play these games, and I don't really want them to be ham. Like, because actually, it was it was the cutscene where I had just cleared an entire area, and so it was it was the cutscene where you deal with the bad guy finally, yeah. and and you know the then like you go back and like talk to the main character, and there's like actual development. So I was like, I was pretty frustrated because I'm just like, man, th- like this is the good writing that I really like. And I'm reading the subtitles like, wow, I wish I could hear my character saying that. Cause that was really good writing. <laughs> that was some good dialogue, <laughs> but you know, that's so, just the curse. If you work QA, you just, you, you yeah. find all the bugs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, I, I'm sure I've told the story on the podcast, but the time oh. that uh, James and I are playing house of the dead and Oh, yep. Celebrating yep. A, a wrap of a game and yep. Crashed on the final boss in an arcade because fuck you. Yeah. God, yes. On, on the uh, note from earlier, oh. though, since it, it sounded like Lee was unaware, um, hmm. I I haven't experienced it because I don't have Far Cry 6. Uh, and, you know, Cat apparently hasn't experienced it, Lee. But a big, big, big stink that was trending on social media was apparently if you play the game for a couple hours and then you stop playing it, uh, and at some point you get a condescending email from Ubisoft hmm. written as in the vein of the main antagonist being like, thank you for letting my reign continue. Like basically kind yeah. of chastising you for, for not basically yeah. spending your entire fucking what? life playing the game. Which is, I don't know if I like that or hate it. it, it I, I think it's absolutely terrible. I hate it's it. It's just like people, people have like, it's, it's kind of like, okay, that's kind of cute that you did it from the point of view of the villain. Yeah. Like, I think that's where I'm at. But like, I, I just think of a, a video game reminding you that you haven't played it in a week it's like yeah because because real life happens sometimes yeah, <laughs> like I, I haven't played silent hill 2 in over a month and i've I, it, it's 
James Pyramid Head's going to gonna email that. you. <laughs> I wanted to That's... finish that way sooner, and I fucking love Silent Hill. And just too. go, Ugh. But the last thing I need is Konami emailing me at, in the guise of Silent Hill. It's like, you still haven't confronted your inner demons. No, yeah. no, James, it's going to be Pyramid Head emailing you. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I expect from, like, one of those predatory, like, uh, mobile <gasps> games. Oh, yes. Where, like, mm-hmm. you, you, you overcome your inner demons and it's like you know what i'm not gonna play that piece of shit this week it's gotten enough of my money mm-hmm. and then it'll give you a pop-up and it's one of those like badly photoshopped like busty elven women like <laughs> chained to a post saying you you forgot to save me my lord and like the, and the link is just to your wallet oh god yeah. it's that yeah. shit it's, yeah yeah it's, i am um, oh and the other thing though is that uh i also ran into and again, not to uh, like, I am enjoying the game. I'm continuing to play it. I, I, I'm only maybe like a third of the way through. So I don't think I can give like a full overview of my, in, like all of my feelings. Maybe, maybe on the next podcast, I'll say buy Far Cry or don't buy Far Cry. Uh, the other thing was that I did hit a mission that was unplayable. <laughs> oh, nice. And that was very frustrating. And it, it was not a, it was not a bug. It was just a literal, it was like, I looked because I, I ended up, trying it like 30 or 40 times i turned the difficulty down to story mode to try to get through it and i just couldn't it was one of those scripted um set pieces where like you're in the back of a truck and you just have to shoot a bunch of other cars and like make sure to keep the truck from blowing up i couldn't do it i just kept things kept like blowing up the truck things kept like you know breaking things shit down and i looked online and literally, like, the first thing, the, the autofill said, this mission, impossible, question mark? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, CJ, I, just follow the damn train. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I looked. <laughs> I looked and, uh, yeah, there. So what I ended up doing was um, there was a uh, there was a like kind of a workaround slash kind of a, a, a cheat where if you stand on the front of the truck, it will start moving. It will it will like continue down its path but it will also not run into anything, not explode on its own. And nice. the enemies, the enemies spawns are like set more to you being in the back of the truck. So you kind of throw off the spawns a little bit. And that's how I got through it. Nice. <laughs> and I was just like this, that, that, that to me goes beyond we shipped in a pandemic and you know, no, it's like that. Design. Yeah. That's just, that's just something where, I, I like it's one of those things where I can tell somebody somewhere was like, "Hey guys, this is terrible," and they were like, mm, "Ship it." <laughs> <laughs> not my problem. Yeah. Not my fucking problem, yo. So maybe maybe they'll patch it. God, I hope they don't patch the the get on get in the front of the truck exploit because oh, they're gonna patch that. God, <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's basically well, what, I, what I've been up to, James. Good shit. Um, mostly faffing about on stream with, you know, the horror games and, and shit like that. Um, Hell yeah. Um, and, you know, procrastinating because I keep getting sidetracked with other stuff or, you know, real life gets in the way and all that mm-hmm. other fun stuff. And, of course, subjecting mm-hmm. ourselves to not one but two corpse party sessions. Mm-hmm. Potentially, oh, a, potentially a third. Um, yeah, yeah, we might do. Yeah, actually, yeah, you should talk about. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going yeah. to. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll see if if we get the third. Hopefully we do. On uh, corpse party is fucking corpse party. Um, 
on the subject of Breaking Bad, I, I rewatched El Camino for the first time in, in a couple of years, and that yeah. movie still holds up and is still a better second ending than uh, Game of Thrones ever had. You know, Game of Thrones didn't <laughs> have a good ending. One good yep. ending. Yeah. Um, and you know, I you know, I, I I reread some of the criticism about it. And it's like, oh, it's not necessary. And it's like, no, it's not necessary. But it's that's why it's called a coda. You know, it's 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 this nice little wholesome little blanket of of I get to spend more time with with in this universe and with these characters. Yeah. And, and you know, explore, get more time with Badger. Explore Jesse more because you know Jesse deserves all the fucking hugs in that fucking show because it's just his life is so miserable on that goddamn show i'm like please give this boy a hug and fuck meth damon somebody somebody, yeah fucking todd piece of shit fucking todd um yeah you know that was a lot of fun rewatching that and uh as cat was kind of hinting at i all three of us and uh, along with some other wonderful fucking goons are participating in extra life Yes, this is a charity stream uh, where we are raising money for the uh, Children's Miracle Network hospitals. This occurs Hell on yeah. uh, Saturday, November the 6th. There is going to be a fuck ton of people streaming on Twitch and mm-hmm. on other streaming platforms trying to raise money for, for this network. We just happen to be participating on a team along with um, Renzi and Niku Senpai and QMU and Natalie and, and, a, and a couple of people I'm trying to rope in. Yeah, G- there's probably going to be a lot of, like, drop-in, drop-out. Mm-hmm. We'll probably play, like, some very big games like Jackbox or, you know, I I, I think Tabletop Sim might have some stuff we could do with yeah. big groups. But, you yeah, know, probably, likely we'll have some four-person faz and yeah, some and, other and stuff. It's, it's getting all the warriors together. Yeah, the I mean, the like, entire goon squad. Even <laughs> if people aren't able to participate in, like, a big multi-person sort of event you know they're probably going to be streaming single player stuff or even outside of yeah. just us in particular there's going to be a plethora of streamers who are are streaming I online know. so like give give them a give them a go give them a watch and if you, yeah. if you can spread the word maybe so donate, it's a good etc yeah it's a good, good cause, cause. Yeah. good cause Some people uh, i know i will lad status and do 24 hour streams i'm not because yeah. i have a puppy. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I, I'm not because I, I love the sick children, but not that much. Oh, <laughs> I I may be I'm dropping kidding. into a uh, um a stream that that'll be doing uh some Arkham Horror nice. LCG. Ooh, there you go. So that would that that'll that should be a fun one. Hopefully, yeah. we're I think we're gonna stream our final uh our final scenario from the Dreamwalkers uh campaign. If anybody knows what that is. <laughs> No. It's, it's I know a, who the dream warriors are. It's 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 uh it's a basically a uh and it's Dokken. It's the it's the uh the card games like adaptation of the Dream Quest of Kadoth basically. Mm. Okay. So, it's uh and it's been pretty fun. Um we n- we just narrowly won the the dreamers side of the equation so now we have to finish it up with the waking side. And hopefully not die. <laughs> but you know, it, yeah. it's Arkham. <laughs> and I'm uh, still kind of working on a separate side project that I'm not willing to, not ready to announce, along with some other stuff that is far from ready to be discussed or, or talked about. Like, you, you both know know, mm-hmm. know those things. Uh, that shall yeah. remain veiled in mystery. Yeah. Ooh, that'll, be, that'll be exciting. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And then I'm, I'm just looking forward to wrapping up uh, as much as I love horror games. Uh, there's a bunch of non-horror stuff that I've been really itching to kind of sink my teeth back dread, into. Dread, like dread, 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 dread. Uh, dread. Yeah. 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 Dying in Get it. souls again because I fucking love subjecting myself to getting kicked in the dick constantly in demon souls uh finally you want to you want to co-op far cry maybe if i can if i can get some extra money i i don't know there's just i'll get it for you I, no oh no, no. <laughs> early christmas uh, gift no uh wait a tick i i actually have a question for the both of you uh, now that i remember it uh, when are you two planning on doing the playthrough of the next Dark Pictures anthology? Hopefully soon. <gasps> oh shit! Yeah, we got to do that. Hopefully soonish. Yeah, it, yeah. It might, I might not classify it as as back to ghoul depending on our time frame because mm-hmm. it, it, it. But it's again just because I'm just because back to ghoul's over doesn't mean I'm not gonna do fucking horror games. I fucking horror yeah, games yeah. bread and butter. Fucking especially yes. Faz, which had a mega yes. update that I've sunk a lot of time oh, into. Ha- which oh, we, which we didn't even talk about, but we are loving <laughs> yeah and it's it's, it's nightmare really is good. so much fun it's, it's a lot of fun it's it's spooky i love mm-hmm. it um, i i love the changes to hunt hunting that kind of or the changes to uh ghost events rather that yeah. it mimics hunting mm-hmm. it actually like provides that adrenaline jolt of fear vantex uh, have a purpose now aside from just being cowards yeah yes and uh yeah there's yeah, there's a lot to love about it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's still a lot to uh, you know Smooth out. to buff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. um, but ultimately we've had quite a few really great sessions. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's been the most successful early release game that I've seen in a long time, and it's mm-hmm. only like delivering now that it's you know finished. Yes, yeah. um, it's it's great, and that's that's going to continue. Horror games in general are going to continue. But like, I, I want to dive back into the nightlife of Kamurocho and Yakuza because that series is mm-hmm. is wonderfully silly and 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 pulls at your heartstrings in just the right fucking way. Uh, and then of course some wholesome wholesome shit. The fucking Harvest Moon, baby! I gotta fucking raise cows and shit. Oh uh, yeah, some fucking of them wholesome man. games like Ill Bleed. No, well, we already did Ill Bleed. Now we do do Ill Bleed games, again. Wholesome games like Quake <laughs> and Trackengard. That's and, and more corpse party. The, the the Joe Rogan approach. If we're not talking about Quake, how can we veer the conversation to begin talking about Quake? Yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, I would, and you know that'll actually be a mostly um, a mostly fresh playthrough because I never actually played Quake until this remaster. I went, oh, I I, went, I I gotta watch you do that uh, one. I I oh man, I did go through episode one off stream um like the entirety of like act one off stream just to kind of get mm-hmm. a feel for the game uh and yeah i was i was digging what i played and so i look forward to going through the remaining episodes and and the expansions because this remaster is is fucking absurd it's you know for those unfamiliar it's basically the entirety of the original quake uh both expansions uh the free expansion that machine games did to celebrate quake's 20th anniversary like five years ago and then a brand new free expansion that machine games did to celebrate this new anniversary because i believe it's like the 25th anniversary or some shit along with a fucking mod to make the game basically in the structure and look like quake 64 because that has a lot of i guess quake 64 is kind of unique because of its unique soundtrack and the way it was structured so 
it has a lot of fandom to it so this is like the first time pc players can play quake 64 without emulating it and everything like that it was like this is a really cool remaster from night dive and, and night dive keeps kind of knocking it out of the park with the way they handle remasters like recently they i had never played shadow man uh before i had heard of it as this n64 ps1 and uh, i think pc game and just earlier this year they they remastered that because night dive likes diving in and, and remastering older obscure uh games and and whatnot and you know putting a new coat of polish on it but mm -hmm. they also took the extra step and reincorporated a bunch of content that was cut from the original release due to time and budget constraints so it's it's not just Damn. a remaster of this 20 year old game but there's new content for people who had never played it before or hell yeah played it before and it's like that's really fucking cool and and, and they kind of night dive is very good at kind of setting the standard for for remasters because they they basically they have their own engine and they just copy paste the source code from the original game into their new engine and make it look like the old game but much smoother and far more playable for modern hardware and it's like that's really impressive it's really neat oh yeah and fuck like party. <laughs> fuck corpse party all right Nikki, so we're coming for you <laughs> next time next yeah time. next time yeah. all right so i think um i think basically what you guys all have to look forward to in the next you know couple days after this uh this podcast drops uh will be extra life um and with that i'm gonna start the sign outs i'm again cat aka the attack cat on twitch um and uh yeah i'll be joining saber and lee for some extra life shenanigans on Saturday. Hell yeah. And uh, once again, this is your boy, Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. You can check my shit out over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Valley Jester. And at my website, www.lealdercreative.com. I'm going to have a new piece dropping there this week called Ghosts at Every Intersection. And uh, it's going to be a good time. I remember you mentioning that on a previous podcast. So yes, I'm excited to read it. it uh, yeah, it is. It is going to be posted. Uh, I believe this week. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, um, you can catch me on Twitch.tv/saber0307. James, uh, you can also find uh, my YouTube channel under the same name, which has uh, highlight compilations edited by Lee. When, if, I mean, you're, oh. you're already here because of the fucking Gooncast, unless you're listening to it on RSS or Spotify or whatever. Uh, and then I also have a new YouTube channel that is dedicated just for uh, Twitch VODs because I've decided to start preserving and arch archiving them and, 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 and whatnot off, oh, yeah. off of Twitch in the event that, you know, a big Papa music company decides to DMC my, DMCA my ass over some bullshit. Um... Yeah, and you can find that under Saber Zero Three Zero Seven VODs. Um, yeah, it's basically Saber Zero Three Zero Seven everywhere except for on PSN because some asshole stole my name. Uh, oh. But yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be good stuff. Uh, next time, if all goes according to plan, uh, the next Gooncast will be very soon, uh, as as we mentioned with uh, our friend Niku Senpai where we will be watching the Corpse Party anime, which I have not seen. 
Oh boy. Cat has not seen. I know Lee's seen it and Niku's oh, yeah. seen it. It's booty. And even Niku, from what I remember, Niku even hates the anime. Um so it should be it should be fun. Uh and if all goes according to plan, uh it was supposed to be a Halloween thing, but you know, it's not gonna be a Halloween thing anymore. It's post Halloween. Fuck it. Halloween all year round. Uh, <laughs> in, I wish. Instead of a, a straight recording, we're actually going to be streaming that on Twitch, uh, and then VOD will be on YouTube and RSS and everything like that. Uh, so that'll be fun. You know, we'll have maybe chat heckling Niku for for his taste in corpse party, or Niku in chat talking about busty waifus. <laughs> you'll love Always. him. Is the point? You'll love yeah, him. You'll, Always. Niku's a sweetheart. He's 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 he's, he's amazing. He means he means so well. He, he means so well. He's a delightful chap. He's a sweetheart. I love him. My channel wouldn't be uh, anywhere where it is without him. Like, it's, like, part of the reason why I got 100, 100 followers on Twitch in the first place is because of him. So it'll be great to have him on the show. Hell then, yeah. Um, we still need to do Midnight Mass at some point. Um, yes. We're going to be doing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean when that drops. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, yes. <laughs> And then another good which, which I believe when we do part six, I imagine we have to do a JoJo retrospective. We do one hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then when when it drops, uh, we're gonna have uh, my good buddy Eight Bit Aaron on, so we can talk about uh, the Matrix revival movie. I can't remember what R word it uses. Matrix hmm. Four. I don't. I don't fucking remember what the R. Relapse. Relapse. Uh, I'd say Reloaded, but that was the second one. I'd yeah, say Resurrection, shit. but that was the third one. Or Origins. Yeah, I think it's Revelations. It's not Revelations. Oh God, what is Matrix Four called? Matrix Four title. Uh, Matrix Resurrections. Regurgitation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which. Uh, I guess what we're saying is stop naming your sequels. Rest something. Yeah. Oh, it was Revelations. unless you're Resident Evil. Yeah, so it was Reloaded, Revolutions, mm-hmm. and now... Um, and Resurrection. Should have stopped making movies after V for Vendetta. Yeah, but, you know... No, well, hold on. Speed Racer is great. Yeah. All right, that's fair. We got Yeah, we got oh, Pops throwing ninjas. Yeah. Man, I forgot about explosion. V for Vendetta. Yeah, um, yeah you know, it, it'll it'll be fun fun stuff. And, of course, if, if it is streaming anywhere, uh, you know we're going to be talking about Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, and it's probably going to be a hot mess, and we're probably going wait. to hate it. I can't wait. But I, I am hoping I'm wrong, but I know oh, I'm not going to be wrong. It's going to be trash. Grab grab your Heisenberg body pillow and lube up. It's time. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's time. It's... it's uh... All right, anyway, that does it for this episode of the Goonies yes. Uh Goodbye! All right, see Bye. you next time, folks. Get fucked. God damn it. That's why we can't have nice things, James. I know. I'm sorry. Another another flawlessly professional uh, wrap-up there. I'm sorry. I'll do it again. No, 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 I love it. Take two? No, <laughs> no. You just you just need to start like elongating the timing after it. Okay, goodbye, 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 Get goodbye, fucked. goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> and then just like really, Get fucked. <laughs> oh man. Get fucked.